My name is Jabril Nantambu. I'm 10 years old. I played the role of um, Julian um, in the new Halloween movie. And one of my favorite quotes in it is, um, send day first. Oh yeah, and that was on the Below, Below the Belt show. On Below the Belt show, I'm yeah. Nick Castle, and I played Michael Myers, the shape, in the original 1978 Halloween. And I did a little cameo part here in the 2018 version as well. Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most, here for your weekly pleasure, back from the capital, the great state of Texas, Austin. And of course, I'm wearing my Austin City Limits t-shirts. Of the course. places in Texas that I'm not embarrassed exist. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, um, General Zod, if I can go ahead and introduce you. He is the <laughs> Persian prince of pop culture. He is also the man with the calming presence. He is the one and only Mike the General Zod. Hey, hey. really great to be here. It has been, been a little while. It's and been a minute. Yes, it has. And <laughs> I am always like this is always the highlight one of the highlights of my week and i i so. appreciate you saying that general zod appreciate you but that you're alluding to austin texas because austin is kind of <laughs> like that little blue area in a giant red state exactly <laughs> and, and, did- and texas is uh has been in the news an awful lot over the past few weeks and most of it is absolutely horrifying and so I'm glad that there's a little oasis of uh, the yeah. a nice oasis. It was a nice oasis. And we have to also introduce guest co-host on BTV. She actually appeared on Below the Belt show when we were at WMC Studios to talk about New York Comic Con 2019. But I was like, we haven't had our next guest co-host on for the BTB at home version. So here she is. She's an actress. Um, she's Screen Actors Guild. She's an amazing person, the good, a good friend, and um, you know, I'm gonna co- I'm gonna coin her the ravishing Russian, Anna <laughs> <laughs> Kuchma here on Below the Belt Show. Good to have you on BTV, Anna. Thank you guys. I'm so excited to be yes. back, and uh, hopefully, we could have a great show tonight. Yes, I think we will, and I love how you're ready. You got the headset on. I, it seems like you're like ready for this, and I love the enthusiasm. 
I'm always a professional, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love that. I love that enthusiasm. But before we get into everything, because Anna, we definitely want to catch up um, with you. Really quick on Austin. Again, a great time. I caught up with two of my really close high school friends that I really don't get to hang out with very often. One of one of whom, Eric, lives in Austin, Texas. The other lives in Chicago, Illinois. Um, and um, our friend Gevik, he's Armenian. Uh, he was like, you know what? It's been so many fucking years. Let's just, you know, COVID is kind of, you know, eh, it's getting a little better out there. We haven't hung out in ages. Let's just hang out in Austin, Texas. And you know what? I said, fuck it. Uh, booked a trip. Uh, nice little extended weekend. Um, I'm a fan of their nightlife. The nightlife's really fun. I'm a fan of their museums. Um, I'm a fan of the fact that it is a live music capital of the world. You can go basically to a block full of bars with bands performing uh, every single night. Um, um, the food is fantastic. I, I got to say, Torchy's Tacos might be, and they're not even paying us, whatever. They might be the most incredible taco I have ever put inside my mouth. Um, the, the, <laughs> just taco, right? Yeah, just, just, the, just, the, just the food taco. Sorry. I had to clarify that. But, <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, it, those tacos were so amazing. It was one of those like Austin, Texas staples that kind of branched out a little bit and opened other franchises in different cities, but it did originate in Austin. Um, I they were incredible. Of course, Austin's also known for their good barbecue. Um, yeah, there's uh, like a there's like a legendary barbecue place that always has a line. Like you got to get there at like I seven know, a.m. I know What's exactly what, you, I know what you're talking about. It's called Franklin Barbecue. Franklin, yeah. <laughs> you getting right? me hungry? <laughs> and Franklin, I just say too. I know, right? Franklin Barbecue is a fixture in Austin, Texas, and. Uh, yeah, one of those places that's so popular, like you said, General. In fact, they had to close up the dining room area because there's such a long line, you know? Were you um, able to eat there? Did you go there? I, was, I wasn't able to eat there, um, mostly only, only because I'm mostly pescatarian nowadays. So mm. the only thing I could really enjoy is like barbecued salmon, but they, that wasn't really on the menu. But I will indulge in some barbecue turkey, though. Um, okay, I, I was about to say. I, like, uh, I got you... – I'm a sometimes non-pescatarian, mostly pescatarian, but I did enjoy from Salt Lick Barbecue some mm-hmm. great uh, barbecue turkey. So I did get that experience going on, and uh, it's cool, man. It's a really cool. It's like it's interesting because you have one area of bars on Sixth Street, um, which has live music, and the crowd is kind of like very diverse. Um, and then you have the rainy street bars where it's more sophisticated upscale and the other one's a little rough around the edges. So it's kind of, it was kind of mm-hmm. cool to go to both um, venues, you know, to kind of s- scope out the scene and uh, yeah. check it out. Um, beautiful high women. town and low town. And I'll tell you beautiful, South beautiful women fantastic. everywhere. Texas has yes. some beautiful. You know? <laughs> I mean, New York is still, still my favorite, but as yeah. far as the women, well, <laughs> but Austin can, can definitely come close. <laughs> I, I do agree with that. There's a uh, quite, quite, uh, quite a lot of very friendly and lovely people in, I mean, I, I, I haven't been to Austin. I've been to Dallas a few times, okay. but it's like, yeah, it's, 
it's almost uh surprising like it's, yeah uh, <laughs> yeah yeah no i i would love to see the rest of texas i mean austin is only one city in an entire huge state of texas so i still have to check out dallas and houston and san antonio and the rest of the cities but um mm-hmm. but yeah that, that was my trip in, in a nutshell you know it was, it was a lot of fun um I would love to go back. I would love to come back for Austin City Limits because mm-hmm. that actually ended the weekend before. But I'm actually glad I didn't go for my first time in Austin during Austin City Limits because I would have just been so absorbed into that festival that I wouldn't have been able to do all the other things that I did. Oh, yeah. So next time, maybe I can kind of link up, you know, link it to to take place during Austin City Limits. Austin City Limits, or maybe the there's, South by Southwest Festival. Yeah, maybe. there's like South by Southwest in the spring, which is, uh, I mean, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I love, I love all those cool film festivals, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Anna, it's been a minute since we had you on BTB. I know that you've kind of stayed dormant during uh, the pandemic. I've reached out to you uh, when I was in New York because I started coming back for working on acting gigs and events. You know, I was there for the Tribeca Film Festival, which was an in-person film festival. I went to the New York Film Festival, New York Comic Con. Anna, you're still a little hesitant for the social aspects in New York, right? I am. I've uh, gone back to acting a little bit, but unfortunately, it did not make me feel comfortable. It just made me uh, even more paranoid. And maybe I read too much Facebook and the people complaining and explaining what's going on in different sets and that i think kind of changed my point of view before i was i, I feel like i was more open-minded and before the the variant d came out uh, it was safer but uh now i think uh, it's better to be more safer okay but you're fully vaccinated and you know new york is a very very um very strict process of of going out in new york um theater restaurants bars any indoors even in your comic-con you had to show your covid19 vaccine card i was vaccinated plus i have a booster shot as well you got the booster shot as well okay so mm-hmm. you're lo- you're looking for some data that the the covid is kind of cases are going down before you feel like you can return something like that it's just it's more okay. than data it's um a lot of people are reading not the the entire truth, I should say. So uh, a lot of it is political as well. And uh, I'm not basing it on what everybody's reading. I'm doing my own research and looking what other countries are doing and right. uh, following my own intuition in regards to that. Okay, that makes sense. Because you were very active in the film and television world in New York. You were working... It seemed like you were working multiple days per week with never never any moment that you weren't working, though. Am I right about that? You're pretty pretty, pretty booked all the time, yeah? That is correct. Um, I'm very proactive, so I choose to uh, make sure that I am working. And um, I've been lucky enough to be in this industry for, what, uh, now over 12 years? Nice. And uh, thank God I've... I you know was able to always make my days and be on set enough times to gain all the benefits from yeah. being, uh, in Screen Actors Guild. Yeah, but you got to miss it. You got to miss 
uh, being in SAG. Or, I mean, sorry, you got to miss being on set, sorry, um, as a SAG member, because, you know, it doesn't get any better than being a SAG member when you're working on set. You know what? I definitely do. I, I miss it. I, I, I read the posts and I, I look at the pictures and I'm like, oh, I miss this movie and that movie and Aww. a bunch of other actress, uh, actresses and actors are being are filming movies. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I really want to be in them. But I just I just I just can't. I, I the last time I worked uh, on the set was what? Um, September, no, not September. Uh, in August, maybe. Okay, August. No, no, no. You know what? End, end of July. End of July. End of July. Okay. Yeah, and after that, I just said no. I mean, I think I applied for a couple of things, and then even when I was unable to do it, uh, mm. there were still requests, and I was really, really looking forward to it. Even uh, in Atlantic City, they were shooting something like a couple of weeks yeah. ago, and, I, and they asked me about that. I said no. Oh, and not wow, because, okay. I was gonna, I was gonna do it, but uh, the COVID testing part was gonna be in Philadelphia, and instead of somewhere in the area so that was where you're a closer bit of a where you're right i yeah. see yeah we sometimes have to make those sacrifices um that's why sometimes i even ask if i can COVID test close to home i um, asked them i did i said some, listen i i got the booster and i'll yeah. go locally and they're like sorry no and i'm like yeah oh, well, next time generally you were asking me that i think it's like why do you have to go all the way to philly just to COVID test i'm like yeah, oh, you're right. If only they would let me. So it uh, it always helps to ask. Well, is it is it a big concern that they that people like fake the test results or something? Is that why they have to have so much control it's, over it? I don't I don't know if that's a because they like to have everything in one in one um portal, I guess. And you know if it if it's come comes from one testing center center, it's consistent. You know, I think it, I, I think it's I'm also the insurance. It's uh, I think it's for insurance reasons and because oh, it's yeah. and because we're also be, being paid. I think they want the payroll to just like you came in, check in, whatever. That's so that, exactly. That's a great point, Anna. The um, we actually get paid to COVID test. You know, it's almost uh, um, it's almost worth it sometimes to just go up there and get a swab to the brain. It's still uh, it's still a long drive. You're paying for gas, and it's yeah, like... yeah, a lot of factors you gotta you gotta you know uh, yeah. take into effect. You know, obviously, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, I you know I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything else in the world. I think it's some of the most enjoyable things I've done that I've gotten a paycheck for. Uh, well, let me ask you. Yeah, it doesn't even feel like work. That is true, but I was gonna ask you how how do you guys feel about going back to your regular work uh working on set or whatever else that you are doing <laughs> during the time of covid and, and not just saying that just covid but now with like the new variant and there's another variant coming through like i said yeah. I, I felt more comfortable before but not currently well the delta the, the delta variant is a little concerning obviously because it's so much more you know, it's uh, it's, um, it, it's it it spreads so much easier. I think the mu variant actually, the that variant that's coming um after the delta variant, that's actually like people are actually like kind of optimistic. I mean, if you can be optimistic about anything, right. is right. the fact that it's um it's really not as strong and uh not as communicable so it's uh i mean 
the the fact is that COVID's not going to go away. Chances are no. it's never going to go away. Like it's not going to be like smallpox that eventually got eradicated. It's it's going to be here. I mean, the the hope is it'll be like, you know, the Spanish flu and all these other past pandemics where eventually it becomes something that's annoying, but like is treatable, most, but treatable. And it just becomes eventually just like, you know, yeah. something you'll get sick with well, and come down with for a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Well, the most constraining part is that vaccinated people are still sadly being yeah. hospitalized and, and dying. The latest yes. is, is a big name in politics, Colin Powell, social yeah. diplomat, um, who is a he former. Also, Colin Powell also had cancer. He also and... had cancer. He had, you know, pre-existing conditions. Yeah, but, they said something um, about the blood. Uh, it, so it wasn't from COVID. It was from side of not side effects, but but mm. from complications due to COVID. But right. yeah, but but that's saying that if he didn't contract COVID, then most likely he would still be alive. Also. Right. That is true because COVID does tax your immune system. And right. like um, you know, that's it's mm-hmm. the um <laughs> that'll it's the same way like if you have AIDS, chances are you're not actually dying of AIDS, you're dying of some kind of infection. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I think um um it's funny Dave Chappelle said and which we'll get to in a little bit the whole Dave Chappelle <laughs> Netflix thing, but Dave Chappelle said I must be the the Magic Johnson of coronavirus because he said he didn't have any symptoms when he got it. Uh, which that is, great. <laughs> as, as you know, Magic Johnson pretty much has been living with AIDS for so long. Uh, it's well, like he, doesn't have he it. never he never actually got AIDS. He had HIV. HIV, of course, of course. Yeah, and it's uh, no, but, but still, it, it's been years. What the thirty years now or something? Yeah, thirty years. What was something it? 90, like that. It's great. Ninety-two or ninety-three, I think. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I came I think, to United States. Yes, when I was gonna say I I came to United States in 1994. So it and uh, I've been here for what 26 years now, 27. So nice. so almost. That's, right. that's I mean it's great. I mean it gives hope hope to all of us. But it also says says if you have money, you could probably buy the right treatment. Yeah, this is very true. So still be careful out there. Practice. Uh, your social distancing, mask wearing, vaccines, as we said here on the show. But I think enough about COVID. Yeah, let's, yeah, talk, let's, about move everything. On. <laughs> let's talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment. Okay. Here we go. The entertainment I'm just show. glad that it's still happening. <laughs> it is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. That's Benji and Joel. Yes, they are Maryland's own. Good Charlotte. All right. Mike the General's odd. You're called Mike the General's odd because, well, I mean, your last name's kind of, but but General's odd is a part of the DC <laughs> universe, the DCEU. Exactly. Um, we still have to see the Zod in DCU, I think. Um, I, he might have been in CW's Arrowverse. But nonetheless, DC General fandom. Zod, General Zod was a bad guy in Man of Steel. He's already been in the DC. Okay, thank you. All right, <laughs> thank you for correcting me. <laughs> so Zod's been in the DCEU. Yeah, he was actually the very first villain in DC. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yes. So that being said, I thought it would be good to talk to start 
start our discussion in the Hollywood news about DC fandom, yeah. which took place over the weekend, um, where all this crazy, amazing DCEU content dropped, trailers, news bits, um, just first looks of mm-hmm. all your favorite DC films and television shows. Um, so let's just get right into it, man. So basically, it's across all platforms. And um, the biggest, it was really pretty much highlighted by our first look at the Batman trailer, yeah. as in Rob Pattinson, Rob Battinson, which, as you know, that film will be dropping in March of 2022. Um, Let's talk about this Batman trailer because, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, gave Rob some criticisms because he's the sparkly vampire from Twilight. Can uh, he play? It's such a shame. Rob Pattinson is actually a phenomenal actor. He's a great actor. I would agree on that. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a great actor. I mean, just his role in the lighthouse, lighthouse just by itself, that like made up for you know, however many Twilight movies there were. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were five, but yes. <laughs> yeah. The um so like, you know, that's a that's that's some pretty lazy criticism on whoever's saying that. It's like but does the trailer change your mind? Well there the the trailer is I don't know. I mean he's one of the things that this is totally a superficial thing, but one of the things that really bothered me about the like his look in the trailer mm-hmm is the fact that he has this, like, kind of, like, floppy skater hair, which, like, so cannot oh, Bruce Wayne having. skater hair, yes. <laughs> and it's, like, and, it, and it's a little distracting because that is one thing, like, I just can't imagine Bruce Wayne having. Right. And, uh, You're right but, about that, but this is also the first time we're seeing Bruce, young Bruce Wayne. And that's young true. Batman. And that's a very... Every Batman movie, we've seen an older, you know, more middle-aged, closer to middle-aged actor playing Batman. This is the first time we're I mean, seeing a well, younger actor. I mean, um, um, Christian Bale, he's not that old. He's like 30. Well, no, he's like, well, he's him and Ben Affleck are, are about the same age, so. Well, yeah, but when Batman Begins came out, he was like 30 or 31. That okay. was a, like a plot point. He had his 30th birthday. In, okay, in that, that's completely yeah. fair. Completely fair. But, uh. And, I loved it. I loved the trailer, you know. Yeah. Um it, it's uh it was man, it was just there was a lot to digest in that trailer, mostly because uh I'm still enamored by uh, Zoe Kravitz who uh, yeah. <laughs> plays Catwoman. Um but uh, we also saw um interestingly enough, um Colin Farrell is playing um the penguin. I and, love I love Colin Farrell's look, by the way. The fact that he looks so different than what you I mean, than We're, we're talking a lot of prosthetics. And Chachi mentioned yeah. this on the show. Why couldn't they just hire an ugly actor? They got to hire the handsome Colin Farrell to put on prosthetics and make himself look, you know, a little more unattractive. Was that entirely prosthetics? Because he's, he's like... Yeah, it was prosthetics. A, a, you know, the type of actor to, like, gain 50 pounds for a role. Yeah, and he might have done that as well, but it definitely, I, I definitely was prosthetics. Um, Colin, it's just interesting because like after, a lot of people said that he looked like Richard Kind, the actor Richard Kind after all their prosthetics, which a lot, that, I, I certainly agree point. with it. But yeah. uh, I that mean, would have been really funny. That would have been such a stretch for Richard Kind to play. 
But, uh, I mean, we had uh, some really good actors attached. I mean, Jeffrey Wright, Commissioner McCordin. Mm-hmm. Andy Serkis as Alfred. Peter Sarsgaard as the Goth- Gotham City DA. Mm-hmm. Um, and John Turturro as crime boss Carmine Falcone. Is, 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 like is, star. Yeah. Is Peter Sarsgaard playing Harvey Dent? I don't think so. They haven't actually named who they, the They named him as the uh, Gotham City DA. Yeah, I know. I wonder if that's supposed to be Harvey Dent. Maybe that that they're saving that for a reveal later. Yeah. Because was Harvey Dent not the district attorney? Yeah, he was. He was. Okay. So, yeah. So they're clearly saving that as a reveal for later, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, that that, that makes sense, right? And, of course, Paul Dano as the Riddler. Yeah. So it's got got a heck of a cast, man. And, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, and uh, people are, you know, saying stuff about his voice, but... um, you know, it doesn't bother me. I know Rob, Robert Pattinson, because oh, Batman does have that very like raspy, raspy voice. Mm-hmm. voice. And, um, you know, I mean, it, I think I really have to watch the t- you know, when the film comes out. We can definitely judge it. But, you know, judging it based on a trailer, we shouldn't be just, you know, doing that because there's a lot more well, to see. Yeah. Well, we'll the question we'll... is, are we excited, actually, or are we skeptical about it? I'm, ex- I'm excited for anything DCEU. You know, because I'm a DC fan first and foremost. I love Marvel, but DC mm-hmm. always had that little edge. Even since I was a little <laughs> kid, I love DC more. Um, and you know, they, they have some re- redemption to do because they've had some, you know, some stinkers. Whereas Marvel, whereas Marvel and MCU has been a little more consistent with their. their well, roots. I mean, they've they've kind of been on a roll. I mean, the Suicide it, Squad was yeah, really. Yes, Suicide good. Squad was fantastic. I, I mean, I guess down. Wonder Woman '84. Uh, don't yeah. talk this, but it's uh, <laughs> yeah. That that was with that view in the <laughs> one of the less the less yeah. stellar of the films in VCEU, perhaps. Yeah, but Shazam was good. The first Wonder Woman was good. Um, Aquaman was pretty good. I didn't <laughs> put it at the same level as yeah. Uh, but I mean, they're like uh, they still. I mean, there's there's a lot that they can do with this, and yeah, I mean, is is Batman is the Batman supposed to be in the DCEU though? Isn't it like so that's that's what I'm trying to figure out what they're gonna do because clearly Ben Affleck is DCU's Batman. He's actually right. gonna be in the movie we'll talk we'll be talking about next, The Flash, which we did see a trailer of. But so whether I I have a feeling that the the Batman Pattinson movies. Is in a is kind of like um, a different universe, but but kind of like Joker. Yes. However, with the whole with the whole time or uh, so the, um, the multiverse, multiverse that's going to be um, mentioned in the Flash movie, which we'll get to, it's yeah. possible. It's possible they could do this. So let's get into the Flash movie. So um, we saw like a teaser trailer of sorts, um, not an official trailer, but enough to get us excited about it. And Ezra Miller. <laughs> Uh, showed off the footage from uh, the upcoming Flash movie, and it's already confirmed, as you know, Michael Keaton's version of Batman is returning. Yeah. So, as you know, this movie will hopefully explain do they, everything. Do they do they actually uh, say that Michael Keaton is Bruce Wayne or is he Thomas Wayne? Ooh, that's a good well, question. Yeah, no. well, I mean, uh, Anna, uh, Anna, I don't know how much you know about comic books. Do you know a lot about comics? I know enough that I'm definitely following you, and I know all, most of the references you're saying. So. Okay, because 
because the in the in the flashpoint story in the comics like the the alternate universe that comes from barry allen going back in time um actually bruce wayne isn't batman it's his father thomas wayne and he's like this brutal fascist and uh so i'm kind of wondering if you know especially since michael keaton's considerably older now i wonder if that's where they're going with that well they already um, hinted at him being batman with the cowl yeah, his, I know, but and that's, the signature yellow, the yellow. But that's um, still, I mean, he'd still be Batman. It's just that he could still be Batman, but Thomas Wayne version of Batman is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling it's gonna be Bruce Wayne. But, well, let's see what happens. It's just my guess because I think they're gonna. I think that's why they really want to bring in these um, legendary characters from previous movie iterations, is to kind of. Um explore that further in the multi in the multiverse so i mean they did, they did show multiple flashes so it's, exactly uh, yeah although would have been really cool if they would have shown grant gustin too and, uh, and grant gustin who is as you know the the flash in the cw universe the hour and um and wesley ship don wesley, wesley ship yep but yeah. you know they kind of did that 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 version in, uh, crisis. In, the, in, in crisis right exactly yeah. so a lot of multiverse stuff going on in dc and mcu as you know we're gonna get some mcu uh multiverse stuff uh probably gonna i imagine it's gonna start in the spider-man movie that's coming out they're gonna mm-hmm. dr strange is gonna uh whatever spell he casts to make people forget uh that peter parker is spider-man will probably set some alternate timelines and uh yeah. of course in uh Loki, we got that too. So yeah, it's gonna be. It could get a little confusing, but uh, I'm excited for it. I'm really excited yeah. for it. Um, we also have Aquaman two. Some news on Aquaman. No trailer, but um, Jason Momoa showed off um, um, some footage from his first day on set, and um, yeah, his new costume, which looked really really cool. And basically, Black Manta is seeking his vengeance to try to kill Aquaman. So that's uh, so expect the Black Manta, which very cool villain. If you've seen the Aquaman movie, I always thought he was one of my favorite yeah. villain characters. He's I got just, oh. like he's got like one of the coolest visuals for a villain. That's what I'm that, saying. Like, Visually, it's just yeah. this big, huge like helmet that looks like something Dead Mouse would wear. <laughs> yeah. DJ. Uh, but it was really really cool. Um, but yes, yeah, Yaya Abdul Mateen II will return mm-hmm. as Black Manta, and as we mentioned, controversially returning as Amber Heard as Mira, um, because there was a petition that they didn't want her the, to return because of the whole Johnny Depp situation. But you know, she wasn't canceled, and Johnny Depp was, so it's kind of the the uh, the result of that situation, I guess. But. Uh, but- you guys, I'm more familiar with the TV versions of all the shows, basically, instead of yeah. films or, or comics themselves, unfortunately. But TV mm-hmm. shows, I've seen pretty much mostly. Oh, good! Them. But we got some TV stuff coming up. Yeah, so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna be discussing that. Um, but actually, Jason Momoa, Aquaman, shared some um behind the scene details and injuries. Um, while shooting Aquaman too, he was actually a, a guest on Ellen DeGeneres' show. He also said, oh, I'm getting old. He said, I messed up my eyes. I just got something in it that kind of cut it up. And uh, then I've got to get surgery. I have a hernia. I've got ribs popping out. I'm just getting beat up. Uh, but he said, you're going <laughs> to, despite all his injuries that he's sustained on set, 
It's going to be a great movie. You're going to love it. <laughs> so, body um, double, body double. For I mean, him. He might need it. He might need it. I bet. I, I bet Lion's like, man, call me, man, a body double for Jason Momoa. Like, okay. <laughs> I mean, obviously, once you see uh, um, uh, GOT, you know, and mm-hmm. then you see him as Aquaman, it's kind of hard to picture anybody else doing the stuff that he's doing. Right. Yeah. He is yeah. the ultimate macho man, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I gotta say, like, you know, least, uh, I mean, I guess it comes out, what, two days from now, but he's gonna be in Dune, and he looks so yeah, different in Dune. Dune is the big movie this weekend, guys. Oh, I cannot wait yeah. for Dune, man. He's, well, he I, looks I, so I, different than in any other film. I mean, yeah. any other film I've seen him in. And that's Maybe good. it's because that's the first one with, like, short hair. Shorter and, hair. Yeah, it's like, quite some time. Even. I think my, yeah. my last uh, show that I was watching him with, in was uh, C. Yes. And, uh, yep. So it's in the second season and it's intense and I love it. Mm-hmm. And he's great. And just the fact that he can go from one character to another to something, a person who cannot see and still fight so amazingly. It just yeah. blows my mind. Yeah. He's a great guy. He's come a long way. He's come a long way. So. Hopefully I'll uh, get to work with him one day. I haven't worked with him yet, but I saw him at Sundance, and he, he was he created quite the stir. He has such a huge presence when he's just walking the streets of Main Street. It's crazy. And he women seems like him. really nice. Yeah, he seems really nice as a person. Yeah, yeah. Again, I hope to work with him one day. Anna, you haven't worked with him yet, have you? I don't think so, no. Yeah. But yes, that would be interesting. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, let's see. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Teases long-anticipated Black Adam movie, yes, with footage of the epic landscapes and the sets. He said that the project is in post-production, um, so no trailer just yet. Yeah. But well, they did show they they showed a little bit. They showed, but they showed a little. Actually, you're right. You're right, General. They did show a little a sneak peek, I guess. It's yeah. Not a really trailer, but uh, some of Pierce Brosnan, who plays Doctor Fate, and. Uh-huh. Um, of course, you have Aldous Hodge playing Hawkman, and yeah, because they're Tessa they're doing Spindel an entire cyclone. yeah they're they're, they're going to be introducing the JSA, the Justice Society of America. Nice, in, that sounds in, so in, exciting! Can't wait to see that. And that is like kind of a deep cut for comic geeks because, like, yes. you know. Because, like, you know, just on its surface, if you don't know comics, you hear, like, okay, Justice League of America and then Justice Society. And that sounds like... Is that the B team? Is that the B team? Not really. They're, like, this... um, I guess they're they're all, like, older superheroes. Like, they're, like, elder statesmen. And it's, like... uh, Elder statesmen's, like... The the older (laughs) Green Lantern, the one who's not Hal Jordan, who's... um, doesn't really and uh and like hawkman and mm-hmm. power girl and like all these uh these random characters that i mean they've had some really really great stories with them but it's you know they're well, they're never going to be like the justice league do, do you think they maybe will forego the elder statement and just make them young and hip they could right well, I mean, they have Pierce Brosnan playing Doctor Fate. So. Uh, yeah, that's true. But <laughs> he, uh, do, do you want do you want a fifty six year old Power Girl? Let's be honest. No, that's the, exactly. Okay. See, that is, that is <laughs> although Power Girl is supposed to be immortal, so oh, she, okay. she could be like uh, she could be however old you want her to be. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, I, 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 I I personally like familiar faces also. 
Exactly. They relate to the character. That's true. I mean, you have to. I mean, fuck. Look at the the cast of Eternals. They're all like A-listers in there. So yeah, you you need you need that in there. But um, mm-hmm. wow. And speaking of Shazam, um, Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Um, they had some behind the scenes footage from the sequel, and Zachary Levi returns to Shazam. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, that was a DC EU film that I was very pleasantly yeah, I love how good I how good it was. The first Shazam yeah. movie. I thought that was such a fun movie to watch. It was a lot of fun. Comes out. Uh, we're gonna have to wait uh, over a year, twenty twenty three, for that one to come out. But it's okay. We got some good movies coming out. It is. Um, it is interesting. <laughs> you would have figured it would have tied in with the Black Adam movie, and maybe it will because those two characters, Shazam and Black Adam, are supposed to be. You know, Black Adam is supposed to be like the other side of the coin from Shazam. You ever? I mean, like they're costumes are even similar they both have yeah they got the the, the, the signature lightning uh yeah symbol on their chest and uh, yeah they both they both got their powers the same way yeah (laughs) i think i i I put money on the rock dwayne johnson appearing in the shazam 2 movie you know like do you think i'm pretty sure they're just establishing him in the solo movie black adam and uh they're gonna bring him in the shazam 2 i mean i wonder if that makes sense yeah yeah because no no one really knows Black Adam, so to bring Black Adam in, um, just bring him into the Shazam too. Yeah, I think the solo movie will makes makes a lot of sense. Plus, we get to learn, you know, the origin story and all that, which I'm sure they'll get right. into. So, um, so one of the lesser known um, Justice League characters is Blue Beetle, and uh, I love uh, Cholo Maradueña, who is mm-hmm. known uh, for his role uh, in Cobra Kai. Um, uh, he will be um, he will be playing Blue Beetle with Angel Manuel Soto. Not no relation, sadly. I wish he was related. That way, I'd ask him to be in the movie. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> so it, it it focuses on the Latin X version of Blue Beetle. As you know, there's mm-hmm. different iterations. Um, so is he the, uses... is the is the tick also Blue Beetle or no, or is that completely different? Which oh oh the, which, which, the, which, which the, the the tick it was on Amazon the tick now the tick I, no the because he's I also blue and it looks like he's... a beetle <laughs> I think yeah two the tick but... the tick wasn't DC that's a different comic company yeah and yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't one of the big two was it no um I don't it was an independent even... comic book I believe yeah and. I mean, they kind of look the same, but yeah, Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle has been around in some sort of way and since like the 1940s or wow. maybe this was right. You really knew exactly when each comic book character debuted. You are a walking. Well, there have been there been, been. Well, it's specifically with Blue Beetle. I was such a huge fan of his like 80s and 90s incarnation. Ted Core. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and Him he and was, Booster Gold together. Yeah. yeah. And I mean that character that character is like one of my favorite comic book characters from He's when got I was a cool thinking. outfit too. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. And I wonder and I'm hoping actually that he'll appear in the uh, in this new Blue Beetle probably in like a more of a supporting supporting thing, the, but they the showed Ted, the Ted Cord character? Yeah. Oh, I'm because sure. They, they showed uh they showed in the like promo art that they were showing like it said Cord Incorporated you know exactly. building behind him. I'm sure they have something in mind for that, but uh, interestingly enough, Manuel Manuel Soto he directed the Charm City movie, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah he's t- he's tacking on a superhero film and 
yeah, hopefully uh, he'll he'll do uh, do a good job with the film. So he's a Soto. His name's Soto, so I hope. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he'll do okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's also an animated movie called DC League of Super Pets. General Zod, I know you know about this one, but The Rock, <laughs> Rock is in this one too. He's voicing Superman's dog Crypto. Oh, and I Kevin didn't know Hart. The Rock was in yeah. it. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a much bigger thing. Like I, when I saw yeah. the, the option for the trailer for that, I, I just figured it was gonna be a cartoon that was on like uh, HBO kinda, Max. Yeah. yeah. This is gonna have a theater run, and Kevin Hart is Batman's four-legged friend Ace. Ace the Bat Hound, yes. That's right. So they got a little, you, little bit of their back. You know he's going to be fun. Yeah. It should be a lot of fun because Kevin Hart, you know, he always throws in his signature humor. Mm-hmm. And The Rock and Kevin Hart are just, they're very good friends and they'll like rib on each other. And Yeah. So it's probably going to have like a Lego yeah. Batman type vibe to it. It, I'm gonna it will. I'm, I'm yeah. imagining so. But uh, I mean, they could have saved on the budget by just putting any other voice actors. I've said this on the show before. Why does animated films have to hire A-list actors to voice the characters? Because the movie, animated movies, I feel sell themselves. I don't think you need the A-lister to voice a character. But, anyways, I don't know. That's just my opinion on that. Um, now, General, you actually know about the DC's Milestone imprint. Mm-hmm. They're also getting an animated film. Yeah, uh, the and, uh, Static Shock. Static Shock, who. Static Shock had a cartoon like in the early 2000s too. So okay. this is this isn't their first foray into uh, outside of the outside of the comics. And Static Shock is a fun character because he's kind of like he's kind of like Spider-Man. They kind of like you know there's it, it he has like a lot of the Spider-Man tropes where he's this like kind of nerdy high school kid who finds his powers and then like it turns out like you know and, and he's he kind of does the same thing where he's all like wisecracking the way spider-man was and okay. dealing with the same stuff and so it's a the comic book was a lot of fun i remember back when i read it i'm hoping yeah. the, uh you know the it's is it an animated series or a film this will be an animated film okay and, and if i'm not mistaken did you not mention static shock to Alan Maldonado when we had him on. Well, there's I, another character. There's another character named. There's a character like the other milestone heroes. There's Hardware and Icon and Rock. Okay, that's it. And they're all African American characters. Yeah, right? and that was that was the whole deal. Like when it came yeah. out in the '90s, was it was a it was a superhero universe where instead of the majority of the characters being white and like a few minority characters added in for diversity, it was right. Like, it's the opposite where like almost all the thing now to do yeah representation matters yeah yeah um and a lot of representation news in comics we're gonna get to in a minute um uh so over on hbo max uh they're getting a well we're getting a batman i'm sorry we're getting a batgirl movie Mm -hmm. uh this won't have a theater run but um but leslie grace from in the heights nabbed the role to play barbara who's the daughter of police commissioner jim gordon and um and um leslie grace is she's a great actress um she's beautiful curious how um this is i guess the first latin x um version of batgirl we're seeing general would it be i guess so yeah yeah i mean the batgirl hasn't really appeared much in things i always like to picture her as the redhead but i guess you know you can't do that like uh she 
she's like, uh, you know, she was the uh, kind of cute, nerdy redhead. <laughs> right. Kicked ass. But uh, I could I could see this really working, I guess. Have they are, are they going to like I don't really know who did they cast Commissioner Gordon in it yet? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting question. Um, I'm not. Um, so um, do I have that in my um, I don't have that, but I'm sure we could look it up. Well, I'm wondering, general. like, are they are they going to imply that the Jeffrey Wright Commissioner Gordon is her father? That actually might work. Yeah. Actually, if you don't mind pulling it up, maybe we yeah, can find out. Yeah, I'm going to sure. check right now. You're our, you're our, he's our resident fact checker on the Boy Without Show. You're very good at that. Um, um, but um, let's talk a little bit about Peacemaker. So as you know, this is John Cena's character from the Suicide Squad movie. Um, and uh, apparently in the trailer, he dances in underwear. So some women might like that. But uh, uh, the, the series is great. They're re- relying heavily on humor. And... Um, I thought it was a really good trailer. I mean, uh, I'm definitely going to be um, checking it out. Um, and he, James Gunn even directed five of eight of the episodes. So J.K. Simmons, I think. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's very different then. I wonder how they're going to do that. So J.K. Simmons will be portraying Commissioner Gordon? Yeah. Apparently, again, he was Commissioner Gordon in the Justice League movie, too. Oh, good. So this will have a good tie-in, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. it's good to keep the yeah. I mean, it's already confusing the DCEU. So um, if if it's J.K. Simmons, that that's a good that's a good move. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's he's great, so definitely. Yeah. Absolutely, he, absolutely. He is not going to disappoint. Yeah, he's one, of, and he's also one of those actors that's in both uh, both of the big two universes now. That's right, J. Jonah Jameson in uh, yeah. in the Spider-Man. Now I guess they're gonna have to explain um, the daughter being Latinx and where Jim Gordon is not. But well, I mean that. that would be pretty easy to do, just because uh, they don't really make a big thing about um, Barbara's mom. Like, okay, uh, yeah, his uh, Jim Gordon's ex-wife uh, dies like pretty when Barbara's uh, Barbara's a kid. Okay, good and, for that backstory then. Yeah. Yeah, and they like, she's not really featured in a lot of stories, so they could just as easily make her Latinx. She will be. She will be Latinx, clearly. Yeah. yeah. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. But did you, either of you check out the Peacemaker uh, trailer, General? I know you did. I love. I love the Peacemaker. That's like you know, yeah. the incarnation of the Peacemaker is so manic and insane, and it's uh, yeah, it's. Because that's a that's a character that um, well I mean like he wasn't really that big a deal in the comics at all like for a long time he was just like right. one of those, like random characters in the side and they they implied this thing that he was crazy but they didn't really make a big thing of it he was like a really generic like vigilante type of hero right. so so going in the in the direction they did with the suicide squad movie and it's kind of like bled over into the comics with that too so that was a great idea because that kind of like makes him i mean they they they've done douchebag superheroes before <laughs> but it's like uh, well he clearly admits that he's a douchey version of captain america yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what's cool, he's got a pet eagle, uh, uh-huh. and it's Peacemaker's best friend, which clearly is uh, mostly a CG pet eagle, but um, 
Um, it's cool because in one scene, he the eagle's actually hugging him, and uh, it's kind of a nice Aww, scene. So <laughs> sweet. Nice scene. Did you see that? That was, that was a fun scene. I, that was a fun yeah. scene, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see other news on HBO Max. Pennyworth. This is the early years of Bruce Bruce Wayne's Butler Alfred. We'll be moving to HBO Max for the third season. So not a lot of people had epics, you know, and epics had the first two seasons. I haven't I watched seen it. it. Did you watch Pennyworth? Yeah, you did. Yes, oh, did. cool. Well, that's you got me beat there because I've never seen it. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> awesome. What can you tell us about Pennyworth? Uh, it, it, uh, what I could tell you is I, I loved it. At first, I honestly just started watching the show not knowing who it was about. Really? You didn't even know it was any ties to Batman or DC Comics or anything? Nope. I didn't they, don't, they, don't really, they don't really do that many references to DC Comics, though, in the show, do they? I don't think they do. They kind of don't, but they do later on as it progresses. Okay, cool. Then I'm like, oh, I know who he is now. That makes sense why he could do so many different things, and he's so talented. And right. Because that how to be be alive in situations that could just not happen, really. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing. I think he is a great actor, and uh, he he keeps the story so engaging and entertaining that even the slow scenes are intriguing and just uh, they just keep moving on and on and the excitement builds and uh, I just don't want to give away too much even though it's out but yeah it's, it, it's great I mean I, I definitely fell for it and okay well that's, a, that's also that's also a good example there of how he's also very handsome okay well that that's okay. helpful too <laughs> and and and, and I like I, and and it's not that it just uh, I think it's his morals. Mm-hmm. So that is the most attractive feature about this character, not just person, but the character. It's just he lives by his morals and he kind of doesn't cross the line, and that makes him like very admirable. Right. I could yeah, because that 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 does play into how he could become Batman's father figure. Which is like it's such an important thing about the Batman mythos is like the impact that Alfred has had on Batman and and Dick Grayson and like all these other characters. Like he was this like rock. I think he in the comics he's currently dead. They'll probably bring him back, but it's um, the never die uh, forever in comic books. Right? Yeah, yeah. And they could always <laughs> bring them back. And and another thing I was gonna say is that. Uh, he goes through so much to become the man that he is in the future that mm-hmm. we understand why he is such a father figure to Bruce, you know? Right. Oh, that's because so cool. There's so much, so much tragedy and, but so and much the other, love at the same. The other thing about like, and like I said, I, um, you know, I haven't seen the show, but if what I, from what I understand, it's like, it's almost like a spy show, right? It is kind of yeah. yeah. Yeah, he plays a former special forces soldier right. in the British military, okay. who initially mm-hmm. goes to work for Bruce Wayne's father, Thomas Wayne, in 1960s London. Mm-hmm. So that that's a that's a that's another example of how you can take the um, these characters who become these like kind of like almost universal characters, and you can put them into all these different genres, like. You know, because they, they, they were saying, like, you know, that that's always been something, like, especially back when comic books, before they were 
before superhero stories were like legitimized the way they are now where they become like a big part of like just our social zeitgeist in almost every way shape or form people mm-hmm. used to say like you can take superheroes and put them into any genre like you know you can have romance stories with superheroes you can have oh, yeah. comics, you can have mm-hmm. horror you can have horror you can have like really hard-boiled crime stories you can have yeah. like and you can do that and yeah. um, and that's it right. That's another example here with Pennyworth, where I imagine if you would have changed Alfred Pennyworth's name to, I don't know, you know, Alistair, Alistair Crowley, Crowley or whatever, completely, (laughs) completely disassociated it from the DC universe. It would probably be the same show. You could do like a, a show exactly the same way. But it wouldn't have as interesting as a backstory. Right, right. And, but at the same time, if you make it with Alfred Pennyworth and then there's this like rich uh, mythology behind it and it fits in perfectly. It doesn't feel yeah. in- incongruent from like everything that's going on after. Yeah, yeah very nice. Very nice. Uh, we also... I didn't know whatsoever. I knew Alfred uh-huh. and I just didn't put those two together until Bruce way name came up and because they introduced <laughs> them so slowly that mm-hmm. you d- didn't put that together so it, it's definitely a good introduction for somebody who's a newbie to be like mm-hmm. hey watch this maybe you get into that because then it, it becomes very interesting so cool well clearly i'm missing out and now it's on hbo max i can watch and general you'll be happy to know that both doom patrol and titans have been renewed for yeah. a fourth season uh-huh. So the, a lot of a lot of content on. I gotta I gotta catch up on Titans. I haven't seen Titans yet, but Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol, you're all caught up. Yeah, Doom. Well, I have to watch the most recent episode, but that's that's about it with that. Doom Patrol is far and away an absolute treasure, and everyone in the world should watch it. And I know I people behind, don't talk about it that much, but yeah, it doesn't get enough love on the. Um, no. you know, uh, but it's very, un- it's very underrated. It's very underrated. Right? Do you have HBO Max? Anna? I don't know. Oh, that's a shame. It well, is. Maybe that's why I didn't watch. You're gonna have to now if you want to watch Pennyworth season three. Yeah, it's uh, a, I will. Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol is far and away one of the weirdest shows ever, and it's about superheroes, and they get into like weird superhero type situations, but none of them really want to be superheroes, and it's like a. And it's also hysterically funny and also has, like, a lot of pathos. And, again, it is weird as fuck. <laughs> like in, I love in, weird, though. Yeah, the, I think it's the show for you. Way. Yeah. It's kind of like Umbrella Academy a little bit. Yeah. On its weird level. It, um, it reminds me a little bit now that we're talking about it with the Utopia. I don't know if you got to watch that. It was also kind of based on the comic. Utopia book. I heard was phenomenal. Yeah, I never got in. I never got. Is got that the one with um with John Cusack? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, it was really just, weird. Yeah, it, was, it was kind of like because a lot of it was about a pandemic, and then it yes. came out right around the time it, it started, and <laughs> some really yeah. really. Timing there, but bad timing for sure. No, but I think they probably timed it exactly for that because it was kind of during that time and right before. I can't remember Uh, exactly when it came out, but it was probably with that intent because people would be like, "Oh my gosh, this has happened before, and now there's a conspiracy, so everybody's talking about it." And it is such a weird show, like you said. Oh wow! Wow! And and there has to be hopefully season two as well. Wow! Yeah. 
I think it got canceled. Actually, got so canceled. you won't be yeah, seeing right. won't be seeing a season two. Did, you, did, you, did we did we did we verify that? I I remember. Okay, I remember. I do. I remember could be wrong. Seeing, yeah. No, no. I think you're right. I think you are right. But it would have been nice to continue with this journey because it. I liked it. I mean, it's weird. It's different. But maybe that's why people didn't like love it. But the acting was great. The craziness of the whole thing was kind of yeah. awesome. The chaos of it. Cancel after maybe... only one season, guys. Yeah, I know. Some some shows don't get a second life. But uh, the animated stuff on HBO Max, uh, if you haven't seen Harley Quinn, season uh, three is going to be coming out. They didn't show too much. They showed some kind of like the artboard stuff. Um, yeah. The process because animation takes so long. Mm-hmm. to uh to produce um but they had a nice little like um introduction from harley quinn herself and king shark about you know how why it's taking so long for <laughs> season three to drop but we will get a season three uh as well as young justice and catwoman hunted are two other animated shows mm-hmm. um so yeah that's all on hbo max and then you got all the dc stuff on cw CW. So, I love yes. all those shows. There we go. This, yeah. I'm glad we have a subject matter expert here. Superman and Lois. Um, they just showed a little bit of uh, kind of like um, a behind the scenes uh, on set of that of the Kent family home with Elizabeth Tullock and Alex Garfin. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, uh, another DC show that I haven't seen yet, but I need to watch. Um, but it's interestingly enough, uh, Superman is actually in the news because the motto has changed. Have you heard about this? Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. So now, to be a little more, I guess, politically correct, I guess. And not I, necessarily, not well, necessarily politically correct. But more, a, but more accurate. Because more it's accurate not, and more global. Because more, he, thank you. Yeah, thank he's, you. Not, yeah. he's not, quote unquote, America's hero. He's the world's hero. The, Captain America would be one thing, but Superman is different. Yeah. yeah. So basically, the old motto... Uh, was truth, justice, and the American way. Um, mm-hmm. So now this side, the motto is now truth, justice, and a better tomorrow, which definitely, definitely makes more sense, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going doing cosmic things. I mean, you know, yeah. battling dark side. You know, is that America? And one of the things, really. like he was, he was called often was the man of tomorrow. Yeah. Like, in mm-hmm. fact, like when he was first introduced, that was like. Siegel and Schuster, that's the, that's one of the things that he was called was the man of tomorrow because it's he was supposed to be this kind of like emblematic um, symbol of this, like, like you said, a better tomorrow, like, you better know, tomorrow as as shitty as things are now, there are these like paragons of virtue who will lead us into a better time. And so, yeah, I think it's totally fitting and. You know, I know that there are like lots of right, like, you know, they say that, uh, what did I read somewhere? It's like tomorrow, the absolute worst people, you know, who've never read a comic book will be complaining about this. And that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, 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 it will ruffle the feathers of some um, patriots and uh, conservatives. Yes. Yeah. Well, fine. Um, but it's I like, think what they uh, were more, you know, what they were more up in arms about, I think, is about, um, John Kent, who's the son of Clark Kent and Lois Lane, right? Uh, in the bisexual. comic books, yeah, is now bisexual. Yeah, um, and we mentioned this on the show last week. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he falls for Jay Nakamura, a Japanese male reporter. Right. Um, and so, uh, so are they are they upset? Is it are they doubly upset because not only is he bisexual, but he's falling for a foreign person? Is that, <laughs> is that, is that what it is? I mean, I'm just reading based on the comments. Yeah, um, I know. I know. Read the comments I've been reading. It's a, it's a bunch. Well, the important thing to remember is it's not Clark Kent. They're not changing the character of Clark Kent. It's John Kent. Right. So I guess you know, um, you know, there can you a, be that there upset about funny, it? You know? There was a funny like uh, some, um, oh, what's her name? Wendy Rogers. I think her name's Wendy Rogers. She's like this Republican official in Arizona, and she's like, right. she was like someone who was like a big spearhead of that. Uh, completely idiotic uh, recount or audit that they did in Arizona. And she put out a tweet saying um, Superman should be with Lewis Lane. <laughs> 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 Lewis Lane. <laughs> wow, uh, oh, man, that's crazy. And um, a lot of people got ahead of field day over that. Yeah, um, I mean, you're always going to have those kind of fans that feel that way, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, can, can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Um, just to clarify something. The So in the comics, do... Lois and Clark, do they actually have two boys? There's only one boy in the in the comic books. They have two in the TV show, but yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to clear up because I I didn't read the the comic book, mm-hmm. but I I, th- I thought it was only one child. For, because yeah, I think even in was it in Supergirl? Uh, uh, when they she visits the planet, whatever, there's only Superman has only one child, so right. That's and I think it was even might have been a girl, if I'm not mistaken. Did, not even did a boy. They, we had talked about this last week. Did they explain how Lois biologically can carry Superman's baby? Because you know he's got super sperm, right? Right, right. There's a really, really famous essay that some, um, <laughs> some comic book journalist wrote, like back in like the 70s or 80s called Man of Steel, Woman of Paper. And it's about what would happen if (laughs) Lois Lane actually had a child from Superman. They said like the the child would probably kill Lois the very first time it kicked in the womb. Oh my (laughs) God. Wow. See, yeah. So the only thing I could think about is maybe like a... um... A kryptonite sheath, maybe? Yeah, I don't, I don't, like, I wasn't, you know, reading, over her I wasn't stomach. reading Superman at the time when they showed, when Lois was pregnant, so I can't answer that question, but I should, yeah. I'll, I'll go look that up. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe a kryptonite condom? I don't know. I think yeah. we're, we're, <laughs> we're reading too much into but there's it. Also, but there's, there's a vaccine <laughs> shot, you know? Kryptonite <laughs> 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 vaccine shot, yes. Ah, against uh, Superman with kryptonite in it. Uh, <laughs> there is this just a small super, dose. There is a super dark Spider-Man, like alternate universe Spider-Man story called um, and it's I, it's totally I'm totally drawing a blank as to the name of the story, but okay. it's supposed to take place in the future, and um, Peter Parker killed Mary Jane. Be, oh, Mary Jane Watson died. Because Peter Parker's sperm was radioactive Jesus. and it killed her, and oh, she died no, of radiation no. poisoning. That's so dark. I know it was a super dark story, and I remember. So similarly, that would happen to Lois if Superman. But you know, does Lois? You watch Lois, um, Superman and Lois, right, Anna? I do. Did they, yes. did they explain how they were able to have kids? 
or not really? No, no, because yeah. I think we start out when they're already pretty much they're teenagers. They're already born. They're 18 ages. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, you know, that's, you know, that's just really thinking into it, though. Um, but, uh, General, I know that you might not be happy that, that Supergirl is uh, wrapping up after six uh, seasons. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, these things all come to an end. I can you know. Yeah, I mean, Arrow ended, what, last year? Mm-hmm. Supergirl's going to end. That was also more sad. <laughs> You're also sad that's going to end. And Flash is kind of like the big show right now, but they're actually going into, like, their eighth season already. Like, I yeah, love and they're, Flash. Yeah, and, and Flash so, is honestly kind of running on fumes, too. I have a feeling, like, like the, the actors just... You can't hold actors for so long in eight seasons. That's a right. long time to be committed to a show true but they're so beloved that the it, it works like like if they love if the actors love you know the you know being tied down to a show because a show is a big commitment no i'm talking about the the the, the fans the fans loved by fans yeah they yes. like love them i feel i feel like they do i mean i do yes no they <laughs> so say that just... the flash is the strongest of all the cw shows would you agree they're... with that Although, uh, although I will say Legends of Tomorrow, I think, is a more fun show. They're actually yes, just celebrating mo- 100 episodes. Yeah, but most of the time, most of the time you forget that's even a superhero show. It's like, so it's like a, um, but that is a, that is a super fun show. But that is, you can charitably say it's very loosely related to any of the any sort of superhero stuff or the dc universe or anything like that and that's fine because, because there's so much comedy in it right yeah it's so different of a yeah. show and i think that's where yeah. it got that audience because they rely heavy on the comedy yeah oh, great also oh love it i i've I watched a few episodes because we've had a few actors from the show on below the belt show so i had to kind of watch a few episodes i'm glad jen's odd that you were there for the ones that we had um yeah um, but some of the newer shows like Star Girl, Naomi, and um, of course Batwoman, they're all um, they're also featured also on um, the Fandom. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, I got news on Batwoman. So, well, really quick though, they did show a trailer of season three. Um, as you know, Batwoman is now played by um, a new actress, um, just Vicia Leslie. However, we got news on Ruby Rose and why and what happened with her leaving Batwoman after season one. So she's been kind of quiet about that. I mean, there's just rumors that I mean, we all know that she got injured and, you know, she um, you know, initially everyone thought that she just quit the show. Um, but after reading this out, so this is completely different. So basically. Um, which they call Ruby Rose by they. They use the they pronouns for her because she's non-binary. Um, so the actor said that they were forced back to work just 10 days after a serious surgery. And mm-hmm. working conditions were on the set were unsafe, resulting in serious injuries to the crew members as well. And um, basically, she said to my fans, asking if I will turn to that awful show, I wouldn't return for any amount of money. Nor if a gun were to my head, and nor did I quit. I did not quit. She said they ruined Kate Kane. They destroyed Batwoman, not me. I followed orders, and if I wanted to to stay, I was going to have to sign my rights away. Any threats, any bullying tactics or blackmail would not make me stand down. So she's saying she was fired. She was fired. That's pretty. That's very different. That's very different from what we initially thought happened—that she just quit, 
because she was injured on set, she couldn't handle the schedule, and 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 which it's understandable. I mean, you know, fuck. Well, I mean, she got two hurting at this. That's that's pretty dangerous for. Uh, isn't that kind of dangerous for a for an actor to do that though? Doesn't that like? Doesn't that kind of like? Don't don't you start to develop a reputation that you might be difficult to if you get hired? Well, that's the thing. Now that we find out that she wasn't fired, and that she, yeah. She's saying that she she. But the fact you know, the fact that she went public with that, whether yeah. I mean, I she probably I, I, couldn't legally say anything earlier, but now she. Yeah, can. I have but no course. reason not to believe that because that actually does. I mean, the WB shows are great, but like that's not the first time I've heard like actors like complain about like like the the guy who played Heatwave on um, uh, Dominic Purcell. Yeah, just tomorrow, yeah. He, he said a lot of similar things about like how bad the conditions can be for actors in there, especially because there's yeah. so many of these shows and they're almost like treated like a factory that I could almost believe that. But, you know, well, you know what happened? So basically she had two herniated discs. Mm-hmm. She had she underwent surgery and then she, the show pushed her to return a set. 10 days after surgery that's not enough the, time and that doesn't whole, even that doesn't or, even begin to talk about like didn't she have some kind of like major allergic reaction to some kind of material in the i think that was another issue as well in, but in the costume but she also said the whole crew and cast would would be fired if she didn't return on set wow 10 days holy cow really so, yeah so, so she actually looked out for them too Wow. I guess that's why she, yeah, that she was forced back, you know, um, and she, she, you know, divulged that in her latest, uh, you know, post. And uh, apparently Warner Brothers fired its own statement in response to the allegations, despite the revisionist history that Ruby Rose is now sharing online aimed at the producers, the cast and crew and network in the studio. The truth is that Warner Brothers television had decided not to exercise its option to engage Ruby for season two based on multiple complaints about workplace behavior that were ex- extensively reviewed and handled privately out of respect for all concerned. That's what, that's what WB's uh, uh, well, is not, saying on the matter. It's not like they're going to divulge actually the truth. They're going to cover their ass. Yeah. One way or another. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll just have to wait to see. And uh, finally on Netflix, as far as fandom, we have Sweet Tooth and the Sandman. Like DC is like all over the place. HBO Max, Netflix, and CW. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I thought the Sandman and Sweet Tooth, because of the whole DC um, relationship, would be on HBO Max. But I'm surprised to see shows on Netflix that are actually DC. I guess up. I guess Netflix is gonna be is trying to become the home of like DC Vertigo stuff. Because ah. that's where Lucifer is too. And, right. Very good point. And and, so Tooth considered Vertigo. Yeah. Well, it was okay, a good. Vertigo comic. But now, now it's bl- uh, Black Label, right? They don't do. Yeah. Vertigo. Well, Black Label is a little different because okay. Black Label still it has um, usually features um, established DC Comics characters just in these like kind of out of continuity mature stories um you know black label will have like batman or the suicide squad or the justice league just in these like more adult stories with them yeah 
and uh, Vertigo was its own thing. That's like where like Sandman and all okay. that. Yeah, and it's even though Sandman actually started out being in the regular DC universe too, and and like Dream from the Sandman has appeared in DC con like regular DC. Whoa, con- that's a that's a cool crossover, I guess. Yeah, the, I I think it should be separate because it's just such a odd entity, anyways. But I'm sure fanboys love it. Yeah, not- well, it, it depends on the fanboy. Some don't, some do. I always kind of dug it. Sometimes it feels a little weird like one of the very first issues like i think it's like issue three or four has dream from the sand uh uh, dream going into the dreams of um the martian manhunter and mr miracle and it's like it's it's a little and like one of the major villains in actually one of the absolute best sandman stories ever is this uh is this guy john d who is called dr destiny who was a a DC villain called a Justice League villain called Dr. Destiny. And there's this like really, really fucked up story. Um, it's um, uh, about how he takes control of all these people in a diner for 24 hours. And it's like, it's like Whoa. a story from the Sandman comics and it's so messed up, but it's oh, wow. like <laughs> such a great story, but that's right. like, um, but that, but like they, they really moved away from that, but I don't know. I guess yeah. they, they might be bringing it back. They might be and bringing it back. I, I know we're going in a big divergence, me talking about that. Yeah, but that's okay. We'll do a, we've got a couple more things to drop before we take a classic cut break. I, I uh, wanted to ask you a quick, 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 quick question. Uh, yeah. Do we talk about Marvel stuff as well? Or do we're, we don't I'm getting about... into it. I, I'm actually, that was my next thing, was the Eternals. <laughs> so the first non-spoilery reviews of Eternals has just uh, been released. Basically, one review saying... That Eternals is spectacularly weird and rich with a new MCU mythology that makes it feel separate from everything else. It's honestly refreshing. There's oh. a bitter bitter sweetness to the film that uh, that you will feel in its sunset shots. A definite <laughs> Chloe Zhao touch. And as you know, Chloe Zhao is an award-winning director for Nomadland, and she's. Uh, I still need to see directors. Nomadland. Me too. I, I need to see, see it. it too. I, w- I, w- I watched that. How how was the film Nomadland, and how do you think she'll do in a superhero movie? Obviously, the review some reviews are, are very good. But, Hold uh, on, let me let me just make sure it's the right movie I'm, talk- I'm talking about. The one yeah. that it won Best Picture. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and. The, uh, Okay, so um, it's a good movie, good acting, but it's not actually um. There's like no point to it if you think about it. It's kind of a journey that kind of has no. Yeah. And oh, so, 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 the, so it's the, more of like introspective meandering. Is that where you're going? Kind of. It, it it's sort of like um a point of view of one person how they go through life mm-hmm. and what choices they make but then they're like what's the point why did i just spend two hours and watching that so i i it was they, they tried to make it deep but it's really not because it it reminded me a little bit of uh the miami project i don't know if you huh. remember that a few years back again mm-hmm. oh similar- one night in miami no, 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 Miami. Oh, the Miami Project. project. Oh, that's a different Pro- film. Mi- Miami Projects, I think it's it's okay. it's about people living in uh, in Florida, 
um, like okay, renting houses, I mean mm -hmm. houses, um, hotels for like weekly, and they don't have the money, and the kids are just running around, and yeah. So the project in that sense, not the you know. So it, it's it, it's a okay. I I don't even know if I would actually call it a good movie. The acting was great, but the movie itself I didn't actually enjoy too much. Okay. Like I said, okay. it, there was no no high note at the end. Like it just ended. Uh, well, yeah. that seems because that 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 does seem like completely the opposite to any sort of Marvel movie, <laughs> and it's like yeah, yeah. completely. And it's so, it's it's interesting to see like you know obviously I mean from these early reviews they're saying it's spectacular. So Chloe Zhao can do a big budget like, like a superhero movie. movie yeah and um you know because some certain directors you know are very very good at like smaller more intimate intimate stories and you know would kind of get like over overwhelmed by having some kind of like big like cgi special effects thing. right like, like yeah. one, one example of that is um the guy who directed X-Men Origins Wolverine, yes. he was actually, he dir he directed a movie called um, Satsi. Satsi, I think that's what it's called. And it's about like these aborigines, uh, aboriginal people in, in Australia. And it's a really, really well done, just like a very like intimate, small movie. And right. then they gave him Wolverine and it was a dumpster fire. Like it was a yeah. terrible movie <laughs> and so some, uh, some directors can't translate from the art film to yeah the big budget superhero blockbuster but uh again i i'm very based on these non-spoiler reviews because mm -hmm. some apparently some journalists posted spoiler reviews and that's definitely a no-no um our good friend uh, ashley buck over in vancouver our pr um, friend was complaining about several journalists posting spoilers on a movie that's not going to be out for a couple weeks. So yeah, they they did they did reveal that there's another um, there's another celebrity who introduces another Marvel character. Ah, former... so the spoilers reveal it. Actually, do you know what it is? Because I actually would rather yeah, know. I do know what it is because I was stupid enough to read it. Right. <laughs> oh at wow. First, I mean, like when you I first, <sighs> I saw it on. Do we want to know? Do we want to know? Can we? Can I, we? I, you know, what? we are on... we are a podcast that talks about things that that that's very exclusive, and fuck it, we're gonna do a little disclaimer. If you don't want to know what Mike General Zod is gonna allude to from the Eternals, please fast forward a little bit. Um, uh, but Mike, just drop it off really quick if you could. Okay, so apparently there's going to be an after-credit scene with Harry Styles playing the ex-Avenger Star Fox. What? Oh. And, uh, <laughs> that's according to this thing that I read. I mean, at first I read wow. it on I read it Harry on Reddit, Styles and I, at MCU. What the fuck? And I thought I thought that sounded so ridiculous. Tastes like strawberries. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Star Fox in the comics is supposed to be Thanos' brother, and he was an Avenger. Like, what? This is crazy, dude. So, oh, man. That's huge news, man. I'm yeah. sorry for those, but the, the journalists that that divulged that, hey, you know, it, everyone you know that read it does know about it now, sadly. But, yeah. Yeah. 
but I but but again, it was on Reddit, and I I didn't believe it at first, so I googled it, and like yeah. some other some other news um news sources like said the same thing. Who knows? They may have all come from the same source, and it could all. Woo, be- that's a big spoiler, dude. All right, we should probably say nothing more. Yeah. And for those of you that wanted to tune out for the spoiler, you can safely return back to BTV. But uh, it's interesting enough, Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek, Gemma Chan, and Lauren Ridloff, was some good diversity there, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. They actually did not attend the L's Women in Hollywood event on Tuesday night due to possible exposure to COVID-19. So apparently they were doing, I guess, some press for it and were made aware that there was a possible COVID-19 um, um, you know, exposure. Um, in one of, I guess, the one of the locations they attended. So they actually, even though they tested negative, out of abundance of caution, did the virtual appearances for that event instead of in person. So I mean, they're just Smart. being proactive. Mm-hmm. Even though they tested negative, who knows, you know, what would have happened. And of course, um, the box office Halloween Kills. Um. Uh, and if you listen to the opening promos, there's two actors from Halloween, uh, the first Halloween, um, recent, it's not the first Halloween movie, but the f- first recent Halloween movie in 2018 from Monster Mania that we just played earlier in the program. Um, slayed the box office, pun intended. Um, yeah. <laughs> 3.4 million debut over the weekend. And uh, um, of course, um, surprisingly it's the number one movie because the movies that actually end on streaming platforms tend to not do as well and this is just a test that people still want to go to the movies to see this now halloween kills is actually on peacock so peacock subscribers can watch this movie for free um without additional premium um you know um cost because a lot of them like to tack on the premium cost but not the case for halloween kills you can actually watch it on peacock but uh Yes, the number one movie. Um, and because I was just got back in Austin, I haven't seen it yet, but I do plan on watching it for next week. Uh, no Time to Die, number two. Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the number three movie. And uh, uh, I, you know what? I, I forgot to mention this. Woody Harrelson got in a um, a fight uh, the rooftop of the W Hotel in D.C. When he was filming the Watergate um, scandal series, uh, the White House Plumbers, apparently someone was like taking video of him and his daughter, and he actually approached the drunk guy and told him to delete the photos because his daughter, you know, was, a lot of right. celebrities don't want their 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 children to be on video on photos for for you know obvious reasons, right? Of course. Um, so apparently they got in a big fight. They had an argument. The man lunged and tried to grab Woody Harrelson's neck. And then Woody ended up punching him. <laughs> and then he just returned to his room. Apparently, there were multiple witnesses at the time of the incident. But uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> go, go, Car- go, um, Cletus Cassidy. <laughs> Which uh, we did mention many times on the show already. We talked about Venom. I, I don't think you were with us for that. But you did watch Venom with us. Um uh yeah, well, one was better. <laughs> yeah, I think it's safe to shoot one was better, but although it was still, you know, very entertaining. So. Yeah, I guess I mean the one the one good thing that came out of it was that after credit scene, which was really cool. Everyone <laughs> says the after credit scene is the best part of it. I'd yeah, and... sadly we have to agree with that, don't we? Yeah, it's like you know if they if that's how they introduce um 
you know, Venom into the MCU, then great. I hope it, like, I hope he becomes, like, a regular character in the MCU. That would be really cool. There's, like, all sorts of really cool symbiote-based stories that, you know, around the general Marvel universe instead of just, you know, him. And there's also symbiotes that don't exist in the MCU. Remember I told you at New York Comic Con, this is funny, Anna, I saw two Venom female cosplayers wearing nothing but symbiote um what would you call it the uh symbiote skin or, or the, the outer skin and they're pretty much naked underneath with broad panties <laughs> nice asses, asses hanging out i took a photo i was like general i don't recall these characters ever being in the marvel comics and general's like nah they they there were female <laughs> symbiotes but they didn't have their asses hanging out <laughs> Well, I, I don't know if you guys care or not, but uh, how I was introduced to Venom specifically was years ago um, through a video game. And he was like one of my favorite characters to use to yes. play because it was the easiest. Oh, was that that? that uh, it was like for the um, called Maximum Carnage, wasn't it? For like the Super Nintendo? No, this was after Super Nintendo. I think this was on uh playstation if i'm not the first playstation the, the first playstation oh yeah. very cool <laughs> yeah he, he had he had the best special and the easiest one to do and the kills were fantastic oh <laughs> you fell in love with the character ever since Absolutely. i love it very nice so, so so like i wasn't like who is venom you know like oh i know from this video game from like right. 20 years ago right. and i know that came from a comic book obviously yeah right um, so the number four movie, The Addams Family 2. The fifth movie was surprising. It was a big disappointment at the box office. It's The Last Duel, directed by Ridley Scott. It stars Adam Driver and Killing Eve's Jodie Comer, mm -hmm. uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. It's an action drama. I didn't um, even realize that came out. I remember yeah. seeing the trailer for that and being like, oh, that looks cool. I'll see it's it when it comes out. It's got an all-star cast. Then, it's a big budget. Yeah. directed by Ridley Scott. But it only... It only got 4.8 million in, in American um, uh, North American ticket sales over the weekend. That's pretty low. How Even much it's a number five movie, you know? That's kind of crazy. Yeah. What was the budget? What was the budget? Can you tell me? You know what? The Do space? I even have the budget in my? Um, yeah, I don't have the budget here. But what's surprising is that it has an 86 percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So mm -hmm. it's a, pretty good. But considering it has good reviews from the critics, it's got an all-star cast with Adam Driver, Jodie Comer, Matt Damon, directed by Ridley Scott. I mean, that it sounds amazing already. But people haven't been watching it. They, they choose. They, I guess they're choosing to watch James Bond and Halloween over you it. You know what? But, it's, uh, it's it's probably the theme. It's not. It's not with the with everybody wants to watch. Maybe they want to see yeah. happier, more action. It, well, it, it is an action-packed. It's it's a period. It's it's a medieval epic. You know, it's um, uh, oh, almost like fantasy medieval. Um, which shockingly, I mean, I think it's more realistic medieval, not not yeah, fantasy, yeah, def right? De definitely, yeah. 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 Okay. So that maybe maybe if they went the fantasy route, it might be a little different. But um, it, it's probably not enough sci-fi in it. Yeah. yeah. There have to be there has to be room for movies like this. There have to be yes. room for. Oh, for I, I agree. Like this to be told. Yeah, and because like not everything can be like a sci-fi or a action superhero movie. Yeah, and yeah that's, absolutely. That, that is 
that is a big shame. I, I should probably go and see it this weekend. Just yeah, maybe it'll let's, change. Let's do our movie nights again, man. We got to do our yeah. Movies. We should we should go see more than just superhero movies. Yes, agreed, agreed, and agreed. of course it's, it's Kylo Ren anyway. So, <laughs> but um, let's take a classic cut break. So. I thought it'd be fun. The spirit of Halloween, we got, you know, we started the Halloween celebration last week. Chachi played a classic cut of Alice Cooper, Man Behind a Mask. Since we're talking about the Halloween movie, the opening promo was, you know, you know the actors from Halloween. Um, I thought it'd be cool to play for the classic cut a remix of the Halloween theme song the, from the movie Halloween. But uh, more of a dance remix, EDM, uh, trippy, really cool dub version of uh, of Halloween. So uh, this is, uh, yeah, this is the um, what they're calling the trap remix, trap <laughs> remix of Halloween, guys. I'm ready. So we'll be back right after the classic cut. Enjoy. All right, that was the cool cut. That was the Halloween theme, a trap, you know, EDM, like really cool version of it. I thought the original theme would just kind of be repetitive and mundane, even though it's very scary as fuck. But, you know, give it a little dance remix and the dubs, you know, the trap style is kind of cool. So, but yeah, Halloween, that's the number one movie in America right now. So. All right, a couple more movies are in production. We have uh, Haunted Mansion, based on Disney's Ghost Family Adventure, um, one of their signature theme park rides. Mm -hmm. Danny DeVito just joined the cast. Um, It's got a really cool cast. Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, Rosario Dawson, and Lakeith Stanfield. So, um, yeah, I think every ride in disney world disneyland's gonna be eventually come a movie i mean yeah. look at jungle they cruise did. you know <laughs> tomorrowland tomorrowland, tomorrowland actually, right kind of yeah a failure but it's it like didn't you know. do well but yeah so um yeah um i think we talked about the christopher nolan movie um about the um the fathers of the atomic bomb mm-hmm. so they just cast um emily blunt in that so this is a Emily's first time working for Christopher Nolan. Um, Christopher, Christopher Nolan likes to use a lot of the actors he's worked with before. So, But Nolan will write and direct. Uh, but it's based on um, the American Prometheus, the triumph and tragedy of J. Robert Oppenheimer. Yeah. Fascinating guy. There's a, yeah. I, read a, I read a biography of his, and he is a really really interesting guy okay. <laughs> like he's led an amazing life it should be a cool movie then right yeah should translate very well to screen yeah it's gonna be a deep movie too i mean a lot of probably is gonna go into it yeah yeah i'm looking forward to that one um m night shaman's next movie has a title knock at the cabin um plot is uh under wraps but as you know he just had that old movie uh, that did really well at the box office. And God, was... I haven't seen a Shyamalan movie in such a long time. 
Like, I never even saw... what. What's the uh, the one with um, James McAvoy? The one that... Oh, you got, you got... Split is one of his best... Oh, movies. that's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I got... I, 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 I just mean, never I got around... I on Split, by the way. I never got around to seeing it, and, like, <laughs> yeah. I always intend to, and it seems like there's an, a new M. Night Shyamalan movie, like, at least... It, it seems like he... Every like, few he, years, he, he He's really one. prolific. He makes one, like, every year, doesn't he? Yeah, or, you know, he's busy with his series, Servant. Yeah, Which yours truly is also in, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, check me out. Season finale of season one, but anyways, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's um, Split is really good. I think it's the strongest of the three. It's it's trilogy, really. It's Glass, Split, mm-hmm. and, and um, Mister. Well, oh, yeah. the third film is. Uh, the one that like oh sorry glass is the, th- it's the third film I'm sorry yeah I, uh, unbreakable unbreakable, unbreakable was the first one well, it's probably uh, uh, probably unbreakable is probably the f- I don't know if it's the strongest but it's m- the most memorable maybe because yeah. it's the most memorable one okay yeah that's that's the only of the three that I've seen and I liked it <laughs> it's um but. Yeah, we'll have to see how that one turns out. Um, again, plot's on the wraps because you know he's all about those major twists. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. Um, well, Dolph Lundgren—he's kind of making uh, a waves again ever since his return in the Creed movies. But uh, him and Ryan Quantin are gonna go head to head in an upcoming action movie called Section Eight, which tells the story of a former soldier who, after avenging the murder of his family, is sprung from prison and recruited by a government agency. That sounds that sounds like such a Dolph Lundgren movie. Yes. That is <laughs> totally does. Dolph for are sure. You sure. Are you sure we don't already have a movie that's called Section 8 or was it Section 44 or some other section? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it sounds very familiar. The title sounds very familiar. Yeah. He had a he had an interesting like he was on Arrow for a while and he was he was yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool that he was on Arrow. I, I think it's, yeah. it's yeah, but yeah, no, he's having another career at Surgeons, you know. And is he still can, like they're making yeah. a new Expendables movie too, aren't they? The Expendables movie as well. I don't know if he's in the more recent the, the Expendables movie that's coming out. I know that uh, Megan Fox is going to be in the next Expendable movie, so that should be. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> he, he was in Expendables too, uh, but I don't know if he was in the, any of the other ones. Okay. Um, yeah. You thought what? Oh, I, I just I thought because there's been three of them, right? Ex- three Expendables movies. There's been like three, I believe three. Yeah, yeah I thought it was the in fourth the fourth one's one coming too, out. Yeah, but maybe not. Okay, maybe not. No, you might be right. I don't know. Um, Casey Affleck, Bo Bridges, Zoe Deschanel uh, is in a movie along with Walton Goggins, Jack Dylan Grazer, uh, Noah Jupe, and who I don't know who that is, and Chris Messina. Um, or in a project, uh, a movie called Dreaming Wild. Mm, so, yeah. Sounds promising. Yeah, Dreaming Wild. I know, right? <laughs> sounds like. Sounds well, so sexual, could be anything. Yes. Nature, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's your bad side coming out, Anna. Uh, basically, it's an indie drama centered on a recently dis- rediscovered and reappraised musical act, Donnie and Joe Emerson. Okay. And it's the story of the Emerson family living in rural Washington. So, uh, yeah, it's a heck of a but, cast. It doesn't sound so exciting on paper. Right, but the cast is great. Exactly. The cast is great. 
So, so the acting is going to be great one way or another. It might make for, for sure. a more interesting film. Yeah. <laughs> Once we see it. But uh, you know what? Sometimes it, it kind of sucks. You'll have an all-star cast, but the story just drags on and yes. on and on. And it's just like, yes. what did I just watch? You know? What, give me a movie, an example of a movie like that. Does this one come to mind? Has um, all-star I, cast, but just kind of flops. Well, to me, it flopped. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't. A, it's the one with um, um, Ben Affleck and the the Russian girl. Uh, there's no words in it at all. Like it's it's all they're all acting. Uh, not Tree of Life, but it's just, I think it's the same director. Okay. Um, that one was very underwhelming. It's just I thought. They would speak at some point, and they don't speak throughout the whole movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I don't just even know like, which film you're referring to. I don't know it's, if I heard about this hold film. on, it's, it's I'll, I'll I'll tell you in a second. And <laughs> it just left such an impression because it was not short. Uh, ben Affleck. Uh, let me go into his IMDb, um, and it just um, Ben Affleck's silent movie will actually pop up even quicker, I imagine. Mm-mm. I just. <sighs> Because I, I love watching him, and um, I don't know. It just, visually, it was beautiful. Okay. And But everything else was just, to me, not. Definitely not. Is it To the Wonder? Yes, yes, To the Wonder. Yeah. Ah, very good. The same director as, uh, I think, Tree of Life and a few other. Yeah, oh, okay, Terrence, good, Malick, good. Terrence Malick. Uh, yeah, that's well, it. Tree of he, Life was, I don't know, I liked about three quarters of it, and then it got really, really meandering, and it was it was hard to like keep up. So I can imagine Terrence Malick's uh, other movies are like that too. And and you know what? And there was another movie that I was able to. Why can't I like see the whole? Um, another movie by Terrence Malick from uh, 2019, um, maybe 2020. With um, could you name them and I will okay. So we got Knight of Cups, nope. Song to Song, Voyage of Time, wow. a, a Hidden Life. That's it, Hidden Life, Hidden Life. Yeah, I so I got to meet both of the actors from the movie and watched most of the movie because the scenery is beautiful, mm-hmm. but again, barely any speaking. Yeah. Everything yeah. is just expressed in like art as yeah. film. It's a different type of film. You just have to, yeah. It is, but you still need to enjoy it. I mean, <laughs> you, you, yeah. you need to be able to sit through a movie and not yeah. walk out, you know? And not yeah. because you have to wake up super early, but still. Just... <laughs> I know. Well, that's, I get it. that's the same thing. That's it. Because Terrence Malick definitely, he makes his movies like he has a specific vision. It's kind of similar to like, I mean, I'm Iranian. So I've seen um, uh, a lot of like, you know, you know how like Iranian cinema like is like the darlings of like a lot of like international critics and stuff. Right. And, so many of those movies are like that where they're so meandering and so surreal and so <laughs> and um and I can understand like it's it's the kinds of movies where you see them and you're like, okay, I can see why this is considered good, but it's not fun. Like it's not fun watching them. Yeah. Exactly. At the end of the day, we need to be entertained. Yeah. It's not... yeah. But I'll tell it, you it, what 
the only last thing about this I'm going to say is that uh, if I wanted to watch a movie, an artsy movie like that, I could watch mm -hmm. a documentary or something about planet Earth, about the region or whatever. Why do I need to watch a movie that really has no specific substance to it other than the visual effects? Right. Right. It sounds like an art house movie. At the end of the totally. Day, with, with a big budget to afford Ben Affleck. But um, now this movie, now I don't know if any, anyone saw this trailer, but it's a crazy psychotic type of character that <laughs> Olivia Coleman's playing. So it's called The Lost Daughter. It's uh, actually Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut. Mm. Which, uh, it's interesting considering, uh, considering that Maggie has not directed before, but um. Basically, she becomes obsessed with Dakota Johnson's character and her daughter. And, you know, basically she talks to her and tries to befriend her. But every time she's just kind of like staring and stalking. And uh, it just seems really, really super creepy. Um, very, very socially awkward and unable yes, to connect yes. basically with other people. So she has some kind of a disorder, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess they haven't revealed that. but. Um, it's interesting though. Peter Sarsgaard's in this movie too. Interestingly enough, uh, Ed Harris. Um, and this movie actually was uh, in the Venice Film Festival, the recent Venice Film Festival. So. It's probably actually a good movie, and if if the suspense is done right, you mm -hmm. could see how you could really get into it and hope for the best, I guess, best outcome, and mm -hmm. hopefully not too much death. Yeah. It's it's kind of crazy. Just some of the weird things that she asked Dakota Johnson's character, like, what are your daughters like as children? And then she has flashbacks to her early days of motherhood and the mistakes she made. And, uh, and uh, yeah, um, interesting trailer. Check it out. Um, now, I know we've talked about Squid Game before. I have not seen it yet. I have Apparently, not either. The world, either. the world is obsessed <laughs> with Squid Game. But apparently, already made nine hundred million dollars in in value, um, and um, was one of the most watched series on Netflix of all time. That's crazy. why wasn't why weren't we part of the cast? Oh. Well, it's a Korean produced well, film. I don't care. It was filmed in Korea, maybe. Yeah, that's <laughs> I exactly don't care. Why. Still, uh, it would <laughs> be nice to be to get the residuals, you know. <laughs> I can see this. I I can guarantee this will be a feature film, American version feature film. Of course, they'll remember. I think it, it will. I think it will. I mean, you know, a lot of people need like some movies don't translate well uh, to American you know versions, but I think. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but heck, you know, um, it was. You know, surprise. it's in in the same vein, kind of in the same way. Have you ever seen Money Heist? Money Heist is a Spanish series. It's, right? it's a Spanish show that that, yeah, like, that did gained very well. this like gained yeah. this like international acclaim because it was on Netflix. Right. That's yeah. an unbelievably entertaining show. It, it's like an unbelievably entertaining story. And so yeah, they they've got a formula for that to like for it to work where like these certain like international properties will come and just like completely take the world from uh, take the the yeah, world by storm. Par Parasite did it at the Oscars, and now Squid mm -hmm. Game. You know, it's those Koreans again. You know, but then yeah, yeah, I mean, Money Heist is an example of a you know Spanish um, series. So yeah, I think this if Netflix believes in it and uh, the buzz gets out and people watch it and it's quality, then yeah, 
Yeah. Is, you is know? Hunger Games similar to that a little bit because of the killing? Uh, yes. And yes. It's it's a, basically a big game. It's a it's a um a Money, life or death think, right? competition for a grand prize of thirty eight point five million dollars. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not the same, but it has kind of those. Yeah, because you're doing yeah the same thing. You're pretty much uh, fighting for your life mm-hmm. as a tribute when you do the Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, so yes, you're right, Anna. It actually has a lot of Hunger Games vibes to it. They also just dropped uh, on Netflix a uh, a trailer for Cowboy Bebop. Um, are you a fan of Cowboy Bebop, General Zod? I have a feeling you may be, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go so far as to call myself a fan, but I've seen a okay. couple episodes and I liked the trailer it. Trailer it looks it was dope. Fun. Trailer looks really, really good, and I'm a big fan of John Cho. I've been a fan of his since Harold and Kumar. <laughs> He's kind of like the go-to Asian actor. So yeah. Um, of course, uh, the final season of Ozark will premiere on January 21st, 2022, with just seven episodes, and then the second half of seven more episodes will follow later in the year. So they just mm. announced that will uh, be on Netflix. And Jed Zod, I know you know about Why the Last Man. Sadly, it was yeah. canceled. Oh, no. Just after airing only seven of its planned 10 episodes. I Apparently know. now they're looking for a home, a network home for uh, mm-hmm. Why the Last Man. I got to watch one of the episodes as part of the New York Comic Con. They had a panel, and mm-hmm. um, the show had a lot of promise. I enjoyed the episode that I watched. Um, and if you didn't know what the show is about, it's like every human mammal with a Y chromosome is wiped off, uh, mysteriously dies. Except um, for one or two. Except actually. for one two. Cis, cis male and yeah. one monkey. And of course, right. there are trans men, right? Mm-hmm. The trans men survive because they're, they don't have the Y. So. Right, right. And then I think they made a, a point to have trans uh, male to female trans men in this um in this um I guess dystopian. Dysto- it really is a dystopian, right? Yeah. Show. Um it had a lot of promise. That from the episode that I watched, it was well written, well acted, um, and you know, the property, you know, the source material is solid. Mm-hmm. Jen Zod, did you tune in? I know you're a fan of the comic book. I don't Can, have I don't have Hulu, so I I didn't get a chance. Quite all right. I didn't it's get also a on, it's also on FX if you have cable. Oh well, I guess I should have done that. I haven't seen it, and I I, I had planned to, but okay. Yeah, I'd love to add something if you if I can, of course. Yeah, well, yeah, that's why you're here. <laughs> you did okay, see it, Anna. I did see it. Uh, I'm actually kind of really upset because i really like that show and i want to yeah well not just that i was invested from a year before it actually showed to general audience because i was one a part of the focus group uh to watch the first episode about oh. a year ago oh cool oh, wow it, yeah before Pilot. it was yes but it it was even before it was fully completed. So some of the scenes were like there was no sound or no special effects. Yeah. It was just like the bare bones. 
but it was so good and it ends like the first episode like I didn't even watch it this first time like because I still remember the first episode and how it ends on this cliffhanger and I'm like mm. oh boy I can't wait for the next episode so when I saw right. it I'm like I, I was I got so excited and it didn't disappoint it's great I don't know if the reason is because it is so um possibly predictive of the future that we're in right now oh wow so maybe that's why well, you think want I'll... to watch it wait a minute predicted the future right now that's scary <laughs> well that's what i'm thinking right? like okay Imagine all men wiped out of the earth <laughs> well it's not just men and i'm talking about more pandemic that yeah. we're in right now oh, and, okay, and, and, the pandemic. okay okay yeah. <laughs> it's a and there's also yeah. i mean the with the source material because it came out in like the early 2000s the yeah the it was it was actually really kind of um you know way ahead of its time talking about all sorts of like gender um gender identity questions which nothing else in pop culture was right and um yeah, it is. It's a real shame when I learned that it got canceled. I don't know why exactly it got canceled. From from a lot of what I read, like some people were were a little annoyed that it was different than the source material. But I hadn't seen the show, so I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's a that's a bummer that it got. Well, canceled. you know what? I know that um, Netflix tends to save a lot of shows. You know, mm-hmm. uh, save Cobra Kai. Yeah, oh, actually, I don't think Cobra Kai was and Manifest being, um, It saved Manifest. It saved Lucifer. Manifest. It saved. Lucifer. Yeah. So uh, I can see the why the last man. They they love that genre. So mm-hmm. it's just I, it doesn't make sense. I mean, it, it's so relevant to right now. Yeah. Uh, except other than uh, like I said, it, it foreshadows what's going to happen in our real life, and maybe people just can't watch this. And yeah. Uh, only. Or maybe it just costs too much money to make, um, yeah. because it is pretty well, grand. They're they, they're showing. It's also very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, there uh, there are visual. some. There are some specific reasons, according to the source right here. If I can share that, so graphic, basically. Very graphic, I was gonna say. Well, it had to do a lot of the the pandemic and showrunner changes, basically. So. Um, so it wasn't the show itself; it was yeah, the management. Was, if you think about it, it was the timing of the pandemic and the production. So apparently, there was a, a several pandemic-related shutdowns, mm-hmm. and apparently, the shutdown caused for um, extending options to certain cast members, and um, and sh- the showrunners had to change. And FX didn't want to pay three million to extend options. And leaving the cast in limbo. Um, so, uh, you know, they I had see. no data. They had no data to evaluate the series and how well it's performing. So because of they can't gauge how it's performing, they I guess they felt like, yeah, maybe that it was just res- resulting in uh, a show that's not profitable. That's basically what it's saying here. Um but I really feel that this they, they they should give the show a chance to get those, you know, viewer metrics, you know, and to put it on a platform like Netflix that, you know, more people have Netflix and Hulu. Um, so, you know, maybe. did they spend enough money uh, on the marketing of it or was it like popular before it yeah. came out? 
Yeah, I mean, the graphic novel was somewhat popular, right, General? I mean, no, it, no, but it yeah. was, the graphic novel was considered um, was considered a huge success. But it, it hasn't been in any other, you know, medium pr- prior to that. It's no. the first time it's been. The I'm writer, just saying recently. Writer, like, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm just asking, like, recently, have they advertised enough to, like, to make it, uh, yeah. to introduce it to the public? Who is not uh, yeah maybe, with it. maybe marketing was would probably not not the best yeah that that could be another reason I know because sometimes but, that's uh, that you know a, a problem for sure but Hulu they they need shows like that you know if they want to get that you know like in fact they have a, a, a sci-fi movie called Mother Android with Chloe Grace Moretz and Algie Smith which looks really really cool it actually um, debuts in December. And it's set it's set in the new near future where Moret stars um as a young mother. Wow, I can't believe we're talking about Chloe Grace Moretz's young mother already. Uh, <laughs> she's waiting for the arrival of her first child with boyfriend Sam. And um basically they're going through a journey of escaping their country due to a war with AI, with artificial intelligence. Sounds so cool. bas- yeah. So I, I'm I'm always fascinated by AI and AI being the enemy here, they're basically trying to reach the safety um, before she gives birth. Um, so she's yeah. like, yeah. Um, yeah. Was kind of, another AI movie. I think it was just called Mother, wasn't it? Well, this one's called Mother Android. Right. This one, I think, was called just, just called Mother. Mother. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, was it? Space Unless... I think it was just called Mother. Okay. That's a, right. yeah, because that's another a very interesting one, and uh, there's a very another similar show called Raised by Wolves, which is awesome. oh yeah, it's very similar in in that respect. Okay, as cool. Well. Raised by what? Wolves is is, is phenomenal. In, in my buddy my Kyle opinion. loves that show. Yeah, I that's another show that that uh, didn't get too much buzz, but I heard it's really. really I mean, like I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. You know how you you hear about shows that people talk about based on like social media posts or word of mouth. Not a lot of people talk, at least in my circles, talked about Raised by Wolves. Oh, my gosh. I, I yeah. saw that, the first yeah. episode. I was hooked. Hooked. Okay. I, I couldn't wait then, until the next episode. Wow. I was like almost okay. dying. I clearly have a lot to catch up on, guys, for sure. Because the, the whole sci-fi and it, it, I just love it. I, I, I love that. it, too. I love all that stuff. So. For me, the specifically, I mean, as I grew older, I, I realized sci-fi is my genre. That, that yes. I love, love. Ugh. Yeah, I love that. And then the, the Expanse obviously is a is a big sci-fi show that I have yet to watch. Have you seen uh, Expanse General? I have not. That's I a, have. People, yeah. People, a lot of people I know really liked it. Really liked the show, yeah. You know yeah. what? Uh, it almost got canceled, so I watched it like up until that episode, until I think it was third season maybe. Okay. And then I kind of slowed down because it. It, it it is not a fast show. First season okay. it is. Second, it's pretty good, but then it's kind of slows down. It's slow. And it, okay. Yeah, I need my sci-fi to be fast. <laughs> yeah, this one is not. But but the acting is great. The idea is great. Yeah. But so I'm I need to catch up with what's going on. But uh, I could definitely recommend it. You definitely will get into it, and the familiar okay. familiar actors as well who come from other, well, shows that you might have enjoyed before, like The Punisher, if I'm not mistaken. The original uh, movie Punisher is 
um, actor is in the mo- is in the show. Thomas okay. Jane. Thomas yeah, Jane. Thomas Jane. Yes. Yep. So if you like him, uh, you'll definitely enjoy it because he's he does an amazing job for sure. Awesome. We'll have to check that out. Um, so Ryan Reynolds just announced he's going to take a little break from um, acting uh, after he just wrapped an Apple TV movie called Spirited. Um, so um, is he? I thought he was. Uh, they were going to start filming the new Deadpool next year. Maybe, maybe that's the next film he's working on is the Deadpool movie. But yeah, he said he well, just, he just wrapped, said he's taking a break from acting. He's taking a little sabbatical. Not a okay. well, yeah, a little little break. Everybody needs it a could break. be it could be like a year and then yeah, exactly. So Jennifer Lawrence did the same thing. Like, you know, actors get kind of burnt. You know, sometimes they and they have plenty of money to to that's you know. True. Someone well, plus, like uh, yeah. when when did they have a, the third kid? You know, is the third oh, him daughter? And Blake? Yeah, that's another reason why he might want to take a sabbatical. But apparently, this movie he did with Will Ferrell and Octavia Spencer um, has a lot of singing and dancing in it, and he said it's perfect time for a little sabba- a sabbatical for movie making. I'm gonna miss every second of working with this gifted group of creators and artists. So that's kind of cool. Something He's always so house. like well spirited. I like that yeah. about him. Well, the movie house. is called Spirited. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wasn't even trying to do a, yeah, a, a play on yeah. words, right? No, no yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just oh, meant man. like he's always in a good mood, and he seems yeah. like a, such a nice guy. Right, right. <laughs> That's the I other movie. I haven't worked Free with guy. Ryan Reynolds yet. I, think I haven't done anything with him. I'm surprised I haven't worked with him yet, but hopefully. Hopefully one day I will. Um, there's this really, oh my gosh, this crazy cast for this Apple, a show called Extrapolations. It's about, it's an anthology series about climate change. So uh, Meryl Streep's in it. Kit Harrington, Jon Snow from Game of Thrones is in it. Uh, Sienna Miller, Matthew Rice, David Diggs, Gemma Chan, David Schwimmer. Wow, this is huge. Um, basically ex- uh, examining how Changes to the planet will affect love, faith, work, and family. So that's something to look forward to. Also, Uma Thurman has been cast as Ariana Huffington from the Huffington Post in the Showtime series Super Pumped, which is all about the rise of Uber. So it talks about how CEO, founder um, of Uber, played by Joseph Garvin Lovett, um, who's Travis Kalanick, and his uh, his relationship with his mentor, and how they decided to um, start the app that changed transportation for us forever, guys. You know, definitely yeah. one of the most useful apps to ever come across the market, and something I'm still kicking myself in the. Um, Did you invest in something? For. Well, I uh, in, in my master's degree program, I wrote um, in my systems analysis and design class an app, um, which was like a virtual like very similar to uber which used an app and also kiosk to call a cab um and mm-hmm. uh you know uh of course i didn't meet with a developer um and uh <laughs> sadly it might be in a different place if i did meet with a developer after that. <laughs> it is what it is shall we but say i came up with this idea because like you know what you know when there was just purely taxi cabs i was like man what, you know you don't know what taxi to call you know and uh 
In New York City, obviously, you can get just helicab anytime, but you can't anywhere else, else. Anywhere else in the U.S., you really need a service like Uber or Lyft. You know, it, it really needs to happen. So, but do, yeah. Did we miss one more show on Apple TV called The Foundation? Foundations. I think we did talk a little bit about, about that in previous shows. Are you looking forward to that uh, one? Ah, uh, well, I'm watching it already. And You're already watching it. Okay. Oh, I love it. It's fantastic you, as well. Yeah. And what's your review on the show? What can you tell us about it? Uh, it's definitely gets you in and uh, grips you and makes you want to figure out what's actually happening because you kind of get um, confused a little bit because it's not I wouldn't say it's unclear it's only um let me how can I say it there's so much going on because we have like these gods that control the whole universe in a sense who get reincarnated in a weird way so they don't die so we get the young there's this there's three people, which is really the same person, but in three stages, which he's a child and he's in his like, I don't know, 30s maybe. Yeah. And then when he's an old man, wow. and then the, the old man dies and the young, then we have like two and then another one gets reborn. And, and it, so that's just like just scratching the surface of the show. And uh, there are civil wars. We be uh, just so much, so much, so much, so much. That's such a um, good show. Wow. So a lot of sci-fi, a lot of uh, interesting ideas, and uh, just kind of expands your mind. <laughs> I, I I could definitely use some of that for sure. Um, but I know General Zod will love um, this news about a John Wick prequel series for the Ooh. Continental. So if you're a fan of the John Wick movies, which I know General Zod was. I I certainly am. Uh they just booked Mel Gibson to okay. um to, to be a part of this um series, which I know a lot of our Jewish brothers and sisters might not have forgiven Mel for his tirade back in the day. But right. it also stars a young version of Winston Scott played by Ian McShane in the movies. Um, they just cast, cast Colin Woodall in the lead role as young Winston Scott. So, um, so it'll explore the origin behind the Hotel for Assassins through the eyes and actions of Scott, who's dragged into the hellscape of 1975 New York City to okay. face a past he thought he'd left behind. Are they gonna? Hopefully, hopefully, in there they'll explain the whole coin thing. <laughs> which was something that was yeah. really confusing about how yeah. that that coin would pay for your hotel room, but it would also pay for a drink <laughs> or a <laughs> which uh, I always thought was funny in the yeah. uh, John Wick movies. Yeah, that should be pretty exciting. That's going to be on stars. So mm-hmm. look out for that. Um, that's another 
you know channel I do not have, so I don't know if I'll be able to watch it. Um, hey, <laughs> yeah, give me yeah. if you give me your Hulu login, I'll give you. Ah, my- I'll tell you, I'm I'm borrowing your Grace's Hulu login. <laughs> oh, okay. Remember, well, she's was- supposed to supposed to give us a blue the belt below the belt. Actually, we're talking about sharing piracy, aren't we? On, on the show. Yeah, we I probably shouldn't talk about. We it. shouldn't talk gonna- about that on the show. <laughs> you know what? Let me tell you this much though. Uh, if you have. Um, Amazon Prime right now there's a special on Epics if you don't have that uh, 99 cents for the first two months so I just signed up for Epics okay. yeah okay. so if you didn't watch some of the shows there there are a few I just I, I happen to right. have watched all of them okay well I know that was the home of Pennyworth but what else yeah is I watched Epics? it there <laughs> I don't what know what else, else is on Epics yeah what Dom- else on uh, Domino um then there's uh war of the worlds oh i heard that's good i heard that's it's like really british. good it's british right yeah uh it's not really british because ed burns not ed burns um uh, no who's the actor well anyways he's great um no 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 it's, it's an american version but um actually it's not an american version you're right because there there's the uh they're in um sweden they're in europe Mm-hmm. France, they're in France, they're in somewhere else and somewhere else. But but it's great. And uh the daughter is played by um I forget her name, but uh regular people or it's a it's a TV show on on Hulu. Okay. Which is also great and 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 she's fantastic. But um there were others oh uh well, Godfather of um of Harlem is on that as well. Oh, Godfather of Harlem, that's right. That shoots in New York City. Mm-hmm. That's uh, another popular one as well. Okay, so there's more than I thought. <laughs> no, no, there's definitely a bunch of shows. It just I just happened to watch pretty much all of them because I had a chance. Actually, a few months ago they had a special, so I I already watched them. Pennyworth was there as well, so that's how I watched it as okay. well. Okay, very cool. Well, there you go. There you go. The Amazon Epic Bundle, I guess, right? Epic's Bundle. It's it's for the first two months, and then it goes back to five ninety nine. But I'm doing the the two months. Uh, I always look for those specials. Sometimes they'll have them on Roku. Oh yeah, yeah. I have a couple of channels. Disney Plus and Hulu have uh, some kind of deal too. General side, if you want to. And and HBO HBO um, Max had a special, but unfortunately I, I missed it. So. I'll have to wait again. Well, yeah, they the, just had it recently. Well, like, the beauty like, of some people that haven't cut the cord, like myself, that keep cable, if you have HBO, you get HBO Max immediately, um, instantly, and you also get Peacock included in your. Oh, well, you Peacock, get Peacock is free. Too. Yeah, Peacock is free if you have if you have cable. Well, oh, I you thought, can just download. I thought Peacock, you only get like, like for instance, for The Office, like you can watch the first season of The Office, but then the rest of it, you have to have a paid subscription to Peacock. There's different oh. tier, The only tiers I know of are the the ads and the no, no ads. Okay, so the ads, one that you, you still get all the you still get all the content. Yeah, well, I think so. The one that yeah. you the one that you watch on Peacock, do you get like uh is is it the the ad supported one, the one that you get with your cable subscription? Yeah, yeah so, yes, yes, it's the ad supported one. You can get the premium with no ads. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's kind of a cool thing. But um, speaking of NBC, Saturday Night Live uh, had a really a great host. 
in uh, Rami Malek, who's actually never really done comedy before, but he he did quite well uh, hosting Saturday Night Live. Um, and uh, yeah, of course, he's promoting No Time for Die, as you know, he is the Bond villain, the Lucifer Safin. Um, but uh, yeah, he had some really funny skits. He was uh, in competition to play Prince in a movie. It was between him and Keenan Thompson. And they said they had to cast Keenan because he was black. <laughs> but he's like, I'm Egyptian and Egypt is in Africa, so I'm technically African. <laughs> Absolutely. He has a he, point there. It was really funny. Uh, a couple more things before I wrap up, guys. So Ayatsi apparently has averted a strike. This is good news for us actors. Um, looks like... Um, the strike is averted, which would have halted film and television um, in the industry from the streaming shows, of course. I think non-streaming shows would still continue. Basically, what they're saying is the most gains that they've ever seen in a contract. They didn't give, it, give up anything. Um, and um, bottom line, it's a better contract than that they've ever had before. And they avoided a work stoppage. So... Um, um, you know, they wanted, you know, meal penalties. A lot of crew, I guess, didn't get meal penalties. I know sag after actors do. Um, turnaround times. Uh, basically, a 10-hour turnaround shot time between shifts for all workers. Because sometimes you're working multiple days and you're, you're shooting late at night and they want you back on set the next morning. There has to be a... Has to be minimum of 10 hours in between when you wrap in between you know because you need an hour to commute technically and eight hours to sleep i guess exactly because um, look they're doing some crazy stuff up there and you yeah. want somebody dropping something on your head while you're acting because you know your crew member didn't get enough sleep or you, you know uh, crashed oh, yeah. to, to coming to 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 work because they didn't get get enough sleep Absolutely. And I, there's been many times I've been tired behind the wheel because of those crazy call times and, you know, low paid workers, you know, there's they got to adjust some of the um, um, low wages like assist, assistant uh, uh, production office coordinators make as little as $15 an hour. Um, some of the raises of uh, some of the rates are, are pretty low for certain crew members, um, streaming residuals and wages and um Many areas that um, had to have been addressed, but yeah, they they averted a strike by basically yeah, um, you know, uh, supporting the ratification vote. So I, I think I think they got some stuff, but uh, I'm sure they didn't get everything they wanted. And mm -hmm. uh, at some point, they will be revisiting this. Yes, that's true. Definitely. That's true, Anna. I think Definitely. this is I think that this is just temporary. For everybody to at least continue to continue working. Exactly. But uh, I, I think it'll be the issue will be raised sh sooner than la later. I, I would I would assume. Yeah. And of course, uh, wow, we talked a little bit about it last week, but yes, the Netflix Dave Chappelle controversy. So Ted Sarandos, he actually had to apologize to his staff about Dave Chappelle's latest comedy special, The Closer, noting that he screwed up. And shouldn't have basically suspended the employees because they were in pain um, or, you know, they were emotionally distraught or offended 
what have you. Um, and that was evidenced by by the um, the Netflix headquarters scene uh, where employees were walking out of the office in protest of the comedy special. And uh, the Netflix employees, the allies, made their displeasure known um, about Dave Chappelle's um, comments within his comedy specials. And, uh, of course, there's also supporters of Dave at that um, protest with signs saying jokes are funny and Dave is funny. Um, And, of course, um, Netflix addressed the employee walkout and said that we value our trans colleagues and allies and understand that deep hurt that's been caused, we respect any decision of any employee who chooses to walk out and recognize we have much more work to do, both within Netflix and our content. However, Netflix chief content officer Ted Sarandos um, said there's nothing wrong with Dave Chappelle's um, stand-up specials. He, caught, he said it's artistic expression. Uh, he said that there's strong belief that content on screen doesn't nec- doesn't translate to real world harm. Um, and um, you know what? I mentioned it last week. I, I you know, I, I don't know if I'll get a little bit of heat for this, but I, I think comedy has to be looked at for what it is, comedy. And I get it. Controversial tweets, controversial statements are different, but when you're on that stage, you're in your tendency to make the audience laugh. I think it's a completely different animal and should be categorized with with controversial tweets like Roseanne talking about, you know, you know, even though she was trying to be funny, it was very controversial. Um, Dave Chappelle's intent was 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 to, to, albeit he did focus on that group of of the LGBT community and trans people in general, um, you know, um, and he did admit to being transphobic, but I think that was at the expense of. Uh, the LGBT community um, labeling him as such. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, he talked about in his special how he befriended a trans woman and, and had her open up for his shows in um, in San Francisco, I believe. And um, this is a woman named Daphne Dorman. And she's a trans woman that was defending Dave Chappelle from all the angry tweets from the LGBT community about his jokes and his stand-up special. And because of all the bullying that Daphne encountered, she actually ended up taking her own life. Oh no. She died by suicide in 2019. Yeah. But the, but her, but the sister of Daphne, the sisters of Daphne, her name is Becky Dorman. uh, Was very gracious to, what Dave has done for, you know, for Daphne as far as her, you know, comedy career, you know. Um, and this is a trans person that didn't find his jokes rude, crude, off calling, off putting or anything. She just thought his jokes are funny. And um at the end of the day it's comedy, guys, you know. Um I don't know, do do either of you have any thoughts on do do you feel that that has has any first of all, has anyone seen the special I have um, not seen it, unfortunately. The Alan. most recent special um, apparently was was the, the one that they had uh, the problem with. But he he did address his his relationship with Daphne, the trans comedian that he befriended mm-hmm. and talked about it. But uh, I don't know, man. I he did also say that they're the most 
they're the group that gets offended the most. He brought up the baby. The rapper the baby basically killed a man in a parking lot. Doesn't get any trouble for that. But then at a concert, makes a comment about the gay community and he gets canceled. You know, so. Um, well, yeah, that's a that's a that's a really good point. And I'm kind of with you in one thing. Like, yeah. comedy comedy can be controversial. Comedy can be as long as it's funny. Right. As long as it's funny. Like, there's a lot of people who claim to be comedians who say stupid shit, stupid, hurtful shit. And it's not even funny. It's like it's not even clever. Well, Dave Chappelle doesn't fall into that category. He's a legit, like, hilarious guy. And, like, it's... Um, so I'm with you there. And... He's one of my is, favorite comedians. Yeah. And it's... Very and real. It's, he tells it like it is. And the thing you were saying about the uh, baby, yeah, that's a that's a very very good point. Like uh, people didn't seem to have a problem with him being a murderer, but they um, yeah, he said you kill a black man, but you can't hurt a gay man's feelings or gay person's right. feelings. But the whole, I mean, the whole point is like the onus. If you're going to be a comedian, that's going to um, there's also kind of a rule in comedy that you're supposed to punch up instead of punching down. Like when you're when you're punching, you you know, it's OK to make fun of people in power. It's OK to. Right. Uh, That's a good point. Yeah. Punching yeah. down is more marginalized groups, right? Yeah. If you're if you're making fun of marginalized groups, you know, that's called punching down. That's kind of like being a bully. But it's, uh, you know, the same way that, like, you know, kids used to make fun of nerds in school, you know, the uh, the marginalized people. And so there's there's a really, really fine line there. And the onus would be on Dave Chappelle. And he's already kind of doing that a little bit, talking about his friendship with this one trans woman. And. And that's uh, so if but he was transphobic, you wouldn't have a relationship, a working relationship with this woman. Yeah, sometimes a lot of especially in, in a lot of marginalized groups, they're a little bit like suspicious of that kind of talk. That's kind of like, oh, my best friend's black so I can, you know, make these racist. Yeah. Things. OK. And um, so that's why, like, it takes it takes a lot of work, like to um, to show that you're an ally to get to that point where it's safe to make fun of people, especially in a marginalized group. And I think, and that's the, that's the one thing that makes this difficult. Like, um, I haven't seen the, the comedy special yet. I was planning on seeing it this week as soon as I found the time, but it was, um, but I know, I know Dave Chappelle's funny as shit and I'm sure his jokes are hilarious, but, and, um, and that's, and, See, that's the that's the only thing that like there shouldn't be any group that's also completely immune to humor. So but mm-hmm. I guess what it needs is like you need at least in the beginning, you need like uh, you need trans comedians to make fun of trans people, at least in the beginning. In the beginning, and that's I think what was going on with that Daphne. Sadly, she had passed away, but yeah. I think that's a reason why Dave wanted to, you know, have a, a trans comedian to open up for his set. I mean, just mm-hmm. to show that he he was not transphobic. So, um, 
Anna, do you have any uh, opinion on 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 the whole yes. Netflix no. uh, Dave Chappelle controversy? Yes, I do. I mean, I needed to listen to you guys. Uh, didn't want to, you know, stop your train of thought. But I will. I agree with both of you guys because I think I personally think that comedy is comedy. You come in to watch a comedy and comedy show, uh, especially by an established comedian. And uh, I don't really care what he's going to talk about personally, as long as it's funny and as long as I'm entertained. He could be making fun of Jews, white people, whatever people. I don't care. Am I going to laugh? Because I'm not coming in there thinking I'm watching something political. You know what I mean? So it's like, this is his career. This is his job to literally make me laugh. I and I I didn't I wasn't aware of the whole punching down actually so this is something new to me which makes sense and it's very interesting but again if it's actually funny why should you get offended, offended. I, I yeah. just I just don't understand because people are being made fun of for all kinds of other reasons mm-hmm. they don't get offended they just laugh we A enjoy lot of things other- other marginalized groups are made fun of all the time literally mm-hmm. he just wants to make as much money as possible by making people laugh yeah. so and i'm not specifically uh, uh saying that he's he's the only one like that but i think any comedian that's making other people laugh and enjoy themselves sh- they shouldn't get offended just because they're the ones specifically being targeted or you know someone like it's it's to me it's not uh an area where you should be offended only because like i said it's comedy otherwise it's like no freedom of speech Mm -hmm. here we go like like we're not supposed to be uh persecuted for for being ourselves in a sense and he tested out these jokes you know on other people and yeah. obviously they were successful they're writers yeah. i don't know if he's the one writing them or uh, how oh, the yeah, material sure. gets yeah. to him his material so, is all his so so it's yeah. not like uh, you know he just wrote it down read it to somebody and then here we go it's out there no and the fact that he befriended and and had this girl come up and open up for him. That's pretty fantastic. That shows, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. he's open-minded and and mm-hmm. he wants for trans people to actually uh, be out there. And yeah, like you said, each group has to make fun of the same group. Yeah. So how is that not being open and communicative mm-hmm. with others? And again, I didn't watch it. But I, that, I believe that he is funny. And... I'm curious, once Anna and Mike, if you do get a chance to watch it, let me know if, if you think any of the jokes cross the line, and then maybe we can discuss Chances it. Chances are I probably won't. It's yeah. like, you know, because like I said, Dave Chappelle's really funny. Right. <laughs> like it's a... Right. A lot of a lot of lesser comedians, though, like they'd get themselves into a lot more trouble, I think. And... But then it, it shouldn't be like that, though. If they're just a comedian, especially if that's their career, why shouldn't they make fun of whoever they feel like making fun of? If as long as it's funny, yeah. Like not like in a sense, like as long as they're not actually attacking, in a mm-hmm. sense, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yep, and so many comedians. Uh, I'm sorry that I cut you off. No, but no, no. no, no. Totally cool. This is related to this, but but you said Anna, but like so many comedians have made jokes of uh, against marginalized groups in the past, many years ago, and I guess it was acceptable. Well, 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 we're in a different different era now. We're in a different era now. Do you remember Eddie Murphy Murphy Raw? Have you? Yes. That is. I remember some stuff. Yeah. Eddie Murphy Raw, like, uh, I saw that, God, I was a kid. I was in, like, middle school. And it was, like, one, it was, like, it completely, like, you know, it was mind-blowing how funny I thought that was. Absolutely. And, like, I remember, like, you know, I watched it, like, I, you know, we rented the videotape. And, like, we watched (laughs) watched it over and over again. And it was so fucking funny. There's a lot of jokes in it that, like, I haven't seen in a long time. But there's a lot of, like homophobia in it and there's a lot of like jokes making fun of gay people in it and um i wouldn't go so far as to call it homophobia that isn't the right term because because it's still it's an example of of maybe jokes in a similar vein um but this was in the 80s and now we're in 2021 yeah it's the snowflake era it's the social justice war era Mm -hmm. where everything is offensive and you know and er you know you have to be on, you know, walk on eggshells. So it really has to do with just the changing of the times, and sadly, that has affected comedy. So, but yeah. um, it shouldn't have, in my opinion. It just it shouldn't have, but it has. It's like uh, fight for your right to, uh, you know, to to, to be uh, offensive. No, 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 <laughs> no. Fight for your right uh, about your body, about your freedom of speech, but not how offensive comedy is. I mean, <laughs> I, this is entertainment, just like watching a movie. I mean, right. you, even if you're offended yeah. by the movie, what are you going to do about it? I mean, yeah. it, it, it's a work of art. Yeah. So it's a work of art. What about comedic? Yeah, play. exactly. What about like um, Black Klansman? Are you going to hate the actor that played the lead Klansman? Exactly. Because he's playing a role that's a racist Ooh. role. No, um, Topher Grace. Topher Grace, right? You're not going to hate <laughs> on him. And it's just, I, I, you know, it's like it's art. It's in, you know. But I, I'm glad we have some, you know, agreement. But I do like it when we have opposite opinions. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. maybe that would happen too. You know what? Yeah. I'm just curious. Is it because we're both we're all kind of in the entertainment industry? I'm actually are. not in the entertainment industry, so it's, well, you're a podcaster oh. and you're I an improver. Yeah, I guess I guess I do comedy improv. So you know, that's... he doesn't. Um, so Mike doesn't act much, but uh, I think he caught a little bit of the bug from us because he went in and enrolled yeah. in a. An improv and I have, class. I have, I acted once. I was in one thing a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Anything creative is entertainment industry, really. right? Okay. So okay. If if you're creative, you're there. Yeah. Yep. So, so is so. it possible that that we see it differently than somebody who is not? Because oh, that's, to that's, us, very, yeah. that's that's very very true. Like a lot it's of valid. People, like a lot of people do go out and they they go out with a chip on their so, on their shoulder, and mm-hmm. it happens on both sides of the political spectrum. Right, and like they just look, they just because like um, this happens with a lot of conservatives too, and a lot of like really far liberals where they constantly look for ways so that they can paint themselves as a victim, and um, you know it's that whole snowflake thing you were talking about, and right. um, 
So, you know, and so they they eagerly try to, like, nitpick things to find ways to, like, you know, draw ire, draw the ire, uh, draw their ire, because they know that'll get them attention. And that certainly happens a lot more in, like, the political realm, um, I guess. But, like, politics, I mean, politics is in pretty much everything. You can't escape it, no matter where you are. Like, something, even... Even something that should have freaking unified everyone, like maybe a global pandemic, has actually like completely like made us separated. more divided. Yeah, created uh, look created at the riots. Look at uh, everyone's stance on COVID vaccines. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, about the, what about what about the fact that uh, some countries can't afford to buy vaccine, and that's why they're not vaccinated, not because they don't want to, but they just don't have mm-hmm. the money instead of basically supplying them with vaccine because they want to get vaccinated. I mean, how crazy is that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy world, but, (laughs) but we don't want to, we don't want to go too long tonight because I feel like we've, talked about so much amazing stuff on below the belt yeah. show so i just want to did we did pass our self-imposed like time limit a while we ago. did we <laughs> did but i just want to add with uh well wishes to howie mandel who actually collapsed at a local starbucks but apparently he was dehydrated because he had a colonoscopy <laughs> so he, he's gonna be okay so a lot of people hold on are... al, al okay so guys a public service announcement. If you get a colonoscopy, make sure you hydrate before you water. do anything. Yeah. Yes. Please. Drink a Please. lot of water. Yeah. Um, but we, we already <laughs> mentioned that uh, Colin Powell, former Secretary of State, had passed away due to complications of COVID-19 at the age of 84. You know, a lot of people didn't agree with his politics, but um, but even, but you know, Joe Biden said that Powell embodied the highest ideals of both warrior and diplomat. So mm-hmm. um, you might have not agreed with his politics, but you know, sadly, he was well, he was considered a great leader. Um, and um, he was you know, a human being. So and, and he was uh, at the end of the day, uh, yes, he was a human being. And he was a father uh, and a grandfather, and exactly. You know, so rest in peace. Uh, rest in uh, peace. Absolutely. Uh, also, we lost Eric Cowie um, from Tiger King, um, the Joe Exotic ally who cared for the animals in the zoo. Sadly, died. He was found dead in a Brooklyn apartment, and uh, apparently, he um, yeah, he, he died of acute and chronic alcohol use. Oh God, that's yeah. a terrible way to go too. Right. So alcohol kills. I think that's the yeah. main point. When you, when you drink enough so that so he he, he had like liver cirrhosis that like really yeah. acute liver cirrhosis. You have mm-hmm. to drink so much. So much. To to get to that point. Like and for usually, many years, too. Yeah, yeah. Usually that's something that's very slow. And that would. Oh, yeah. my God. I remember him. He was a long haired guy in Tiger King. So. Rest yeah. Also, Listen Dorothy Steele, the older actress from Black Panther. Remember, she was one of the. Yes. Uh, yeah, she was 95 years old. She was. Uh, she started acting at the age of 88, and uh, which is interesting. Um, just yeah, I guess it's never too old to get into acting. But uh, she played one of the elder tribes tribe members in the mm-hmm. first Black Panther movie. The actress uh, from from uh, Handmaid's Tale. Uh, 
uh, she got into acting really late as well, or she became really fa- famous only there through Elizabeth and, Moss. No, no, no. The, no. The, the, oh, oh, Anne Dowd. Yes, yes, yes. She yes. finally so, got her recognition exactly yeah. much later in life, and you know it's fantastic because she's never, great. It's never too late, but I'm glad she left a, a mark uh, in during her short career um, because she was 88 when she started, and she passed away at 95. Also, uh, Ravil Ishanov, uh, that might be Russian, right? I don't know. Uh, she's a, uh, he's a television uh, actor, voice actor, film yeah. actor. Yeah, um, I worked with him on, on the American. Do you know him? Well, I don't know him uh, okay, that but well, but I did work with him, I think, oh, one yeah, day. He, he was only 59. He passed away. Um, I think he did cancer. Some, some, yeah. no, they, they don't mention what it is, but some kind of an illness that he was yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, also, Betty Lynn, known for her work on the Andy Griffith Show as the girlfriend of Don Knotts' Barney Fife character, had passed away. And also, Ronnie Tut, legendary drummer who played alongside Elvis and Johnny Cash, also had passed away as well. And of course, the death of Celebrate Life. Uh, shout out to Darren Chris and his wife Mia are, are expecting their first child. So Darren's a really cool guy. I partied with him a, a couple times. Once at the um, White House Correspondents uh, Dinner uh, party. Really cool guy. We talked a lot because he's half Filipino and we kind of talked about that. And he was really cool because I asked him, I'm just curious, you know, you're a straight guy. I know you had a lot of those scenes in Glee where you're kissing, you know, Chris Colfer as, like as a straight actor. You know, was that something that you're comfortable with? And he's like, yeah, it's just like being a villain. You're not really killing somebody. <laughs> uh, so he kind of sometimes you have to, you know, do stuff, uh, you know, it, that you might not be comfortable with initially. Um, and I kind of segue to Anna. You, you've done you've done nudity in, in film and television, haven't you? Are we allowed um, to say? I, I might have. Yes. OK. Yeah. <laughs> so so sometimes we have to. Uh, well, I don't think I don't I don't think we actually have to. We choose to. And yeah. while you're still young and yeah. decent looking, right, and not right. ashamed of your body, yeah, <laughs> you know the paycheck doesn't hurt either. The paycheck is say. really good. Yeah. Do you yeah. usually get Do you usually get like um some kind of like premium if you do nude scenes? Oh like, yeah. Yes. You do, oh absolutely. yeah. You could negotiate. You can get bumps. You can. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's lucrative in that sense. Yeah. Well, are, I mean, are there are there set rules for that, like in SAG and stuff like that? Or yes and no. It's 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 a very interesting gray line, and uh-huh. each set is different, and they pay for different parts differently. Also, like whether different it's the top, the, uh, top, the bottom, the bottom okay. <laughs> or the full, full body, frontal, full frontal. <laughs> Can we talk about vinyl? Uh, <laughs> really quick before we wrap up. <laughs> um, you know what? It's not porn or what is it? It's HBO. So yeah. um therefore it was art. Of and, course. It was art. And it was done on HBO. It was by Scorsese. Uh yeah. he was the directing that. Mm-hmm. That's all you need uh, was Scorsese's name, right? Yeah. Sure, sure. I mean that was definitely uh Helpful. Helpful in making this uh, side to do that. But can we talk about the scene really quick? Sure, let's do that. Um, 
So the scene, uh, <laughs> it involved uh, about 60 people who agreed to uh, be either fully nude or partially nude. And at some point, it was a big, beautiful, artsy orgy scene as well <laughs> um, with an uh, over-the-head camera angle of everybody seeing as the room just uh, becomes alive with movement and um, various massive flesh awesome (laughs) (laughs) but it is beautiful because it just (laughs) embodies the whole was it is it 70s or 80s at that time 70s vinyl vinyl took place in the 70s yeah yeah so, so that 70s movement of being free and doing drugs and and smoking and Yes, and then enjoying each other's (laughs) company (laughs) and others' company as well. Can you mention whether you're just partial or full? Full. Oh, yes. Yes. And with with multiple partners. (laughs) Yes. And how much did we get to see of Anna in the episode? Did it make anything? I actually watched the episode, but I want you to say. Yes, it, 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 you could find me if you really look for me. <laughs> <laughs> I made the cut. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But I have to say, everything is fake, and you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Want to do? And was an right. intimacy coach on set? You know what? At that time, they didn't it was have before one. the intimacy coaches, right? Correct. Yeah. We had we had a sex choreographer, the same gentleman who choreographed the Wolf of Wall Street wow. sex choreography. Yeah, there's a lot of sex in Wolf of Wall Street too. Yeah, there is. That's also that's also my movies. <laughs> yeah. No, but did but but did you hear me? It's sex choreographer, so not yes. a dance choreographer. It's literally yes. how you move from one couple to another couple or from one from a guy to a girl yeah. the same movement to repeat the same sequence of yeah, uh, yeah the, the 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 movement now of, were, were, were merkins worn because i i, I know during the 70s i you know pubic hair was a little more present did some actresses uh, opt to wear the merkins or did they just go full-on bush so this is how it went for the fitting when I showed up there. The, one of the question is, one of the questions were um, whether you're shaved or non-shaved. If you're <laughs> shaved, then they would fit you for a merkin that okay. they would give you uh, on the day of the shooting. Yeah, that makes sense. And so which, uh, which, that was uh, not optional. Okay, which which side of the spectrum did you fall on? None of your business. <laughs> <laughs> I love this is it. not it's, that kind of show. It's, not well, yet. Called, we're called Below the Belt Show. So I think, <laughs> Anna, this is amazing. Wow. Thank you for sharing that story for us. I love it. Well, we, we love... Today we're going to be uh, above the belt. <laughs> we love to have you back to talk more about that. But of course, yeah. birthday shout outs for those celebrating a birthday today include director, da- director Danny Boyle, who actually I met um, on the carpet of yesterday. Um, he's 65 today. Viggo Mortensen of Lord of the Rings is 63. Actor Kenneth Choi of Sons of Anarchy is 50. Happy uh, birthday to Snoop Dogg, who's probably s- smoking up a 420. <laughs> he's a big 5 Dan Fogler from Fantastic Beasts, The Walking Dead, and he's been on Below the Belt Show, which is pretty awesome. Woo-hoo! Happy birthday. Uh, Dan is 45. 
Uh, actor Sam Whitmer from Smallville, Battlestar Galactica is 44. John Krasinski from The Office is 42. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's birthdays today. So happy birthday to those celebrities. Um, and uh, it's been birthday. a tremendous show from top to bottom. We'd like to thank, of course, our panel. The amazing, the wonderful, talented actress extraordinaire, Anna Kuchma, uh, the ravishing Russian. <laughs> Thank you for being uh, on Below the Belt show. Make sure you check out Vinyl <laughs> on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you should also check out the, what was the other show? That what I else What else you want to plug on? Uh, the, the, with James Franco. Um, oh, yes. Um, um, the Deuce. You did some work the on Deuce. The Deuce. And, yeah, and, and, that, and, that one was the frontal. And and that's that's another full frontal scene you did. All right, all right. Well, you have to make sure you message me the episode number so I can watch it. Um, <laughs> we'd like to thank, of course. I know uh, General Zod, you're taking note of the episode numbers too. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just doing two thumbs up, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I got something up, but it's not thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's definitely a below off. the belt show now. Yes, I love it. Mike, the general Zod, the Persian prince of pop culture. Thanks for joining us. Woo-hoo! Absolutely. And Anna, you've been a pleasure to talk you're to. You're great, Anna. Can you do so more? You're, you're so good on the show. I, I Thank love you that. Guys. I you really should be on the show more often. More often, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let me know. I'm mostly free. Unless, yes! unless I start working. Unless you start working, right. And I'm Al. Celebrity Soto, guys. We're closing tonight Woo! with an amazing interview that I conducted while I was on vacation in Austin, Texas with actor extraordinaire, comedian extraordinaire, and he's also done some investigative journalism, Tom Arnold. He's also yeah. the ex-husband of Roseanne. In Myself, his own way, he is a legend. He is a, he is a legend. Myself and Chachi McFly had the, the pleasure to interview him. He's going to be a part of Monster Mania. Monster Mania convention, this time in Oaks, PA, as Monster Mania General Zod, you were part of the Hunt Valley one. That was uh-huh. not too long ago. They're going to be in Oaks, PA, this weekend, October 22nd to the 24th, where you can meet Tom Arnold. You can meet some of the actors from Cobra Kai. Um, you can meet Christina Ricci. Um, a lot of great celebrity names. Monster oh, Mania. Oh, wow. That at- actually sounds like a lot more high profile than the Hunt Valley one. It's a pretty damn good lineup. Pretty damn yeah. good lineup. Yeah, man. So check it out. Um, Monstermania.net. And this is our exclusive interview with Tom Arnold, guys. This is a big one for us, guys. We're so happy that uh, Tom was able to talk to us on Below the Belt show. And on behalf of Anna Kuchma, Mike General Zod, I'm Al Soto. We will see you guys next week. Until then. Peace and Peace. happy Halloween. Halloween Peace. part two next week on BTB. So expect more Halloween hijinks. We'll see yeah, you guys happy. next week. All right. Till then. Peace. Have a great week. All right, guys. Special interview time here on Below the Belt Show. We are here with actor extraordinaire, comedian extraordinaire, and he's also recently an investigation journalist extraordinaire yes. from 2018. Uh, he'll be making an appearance in Oaks, PA, just right near Philadelphia for one of our favorite cons, 
Monster Mania. That's right. With a bunch yes. of other celebrities. We welcome the one and the only, the incomparable, the hysterical Tom Arnold. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. It's, uh, uh, you know, I'm still an investigative journalist because uh, there's a lot of, I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old. I'm a single dad. Uh, and so there's all kinds of crimes being committed in this house. And, uh, <laughs> and we have to go to the tape. There's a, I have a pretty uh, extensive security system with 21 cameras. And like the other night, my son came in, in the house with a broken pool uh, skimmer or whatever you call the, the, the yeah. net. And I said, how did that happen? And he said, I, it was the wind. And so we <laughs> all sat down and watched the tape. And it turns out he forgot he hit a tree with it, was pounding the tree. Oh, he forgot. Okay. <laughs> so my skills from uh, Trump and, and company uh, play very well as a, a 62-year-old single dad. So All the right. security tape jogged his memory then, huh? It did. Okay, and then good. he had a – he was actually in the potty with his uh, iPad, and I sent him the tape in there, and then I got back a text that said, sorry. And then we had one of those really important talks because everything's an opportunity with kids. We had yes. an important talk about you can tell your dad you can do anything, but you just can't. Uh, but you just can't. Uh, you can't lie to your dad. So it was a great moment to, you know, to have. There's a million moments every day with these kids. So anyway, yeah. Well, yeah. It was a very uh, publicized uh, hunt for the Trump tapes back in 2018. I was wondering, is there going to be any follow-up on that? Or maybe are you focusing on a new story that you want to break or new tapes well, that you want to yeah. reveal? Uh, you know, every I do, I do as a dad. And whether it mm -hmm. be uh, going after Donald Trump or uh, Michael Cohen, his lawyer, which you can hear a lot of our tapes, on the, or a lot of our discussions, but it all leads to something because – Bad people have bad people around them. And, and the next thing, next week, it'll be a huge story about, you know, Jerry Falwell Jr., who, you know, I've gotten to know the the pool boy, as he, as he were. Uh, the people involved in, uh, in the, the, the sex capades with him and his wife, which is fine. That stuff is fine. But underneath, right. underneath it, there are 18 Jane Doe's at uh, – at Liberty University, and you'll 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 read about this all next week, wow. and start seeing it on TV. Wow. Who were victims there, and and uh, the Falwells and other people covered up these rapes, and I and that's sort of a history in our country of of doing that. You know, uh, that's why men should not be in charge of everything. <laughs> but you know, they're very brave young women, and uh, I really love them, and they're coming forward, and and. Uh, I think it's going to be a game changer. Uh, you know, people, uh, the Catholic Church was hit with this, and, and I'm Jewish, but I'm sure it happens. Yeah, and, I see behind you the decorations of. So started. what started was started the as an investigation yeah. into Trump, who I've known for 38 years, so I knew it was bad. Right. Uh, you know, you go off, and, and then you hear something, and, and somebody will call you and tell you they're a victim of something, and then you, uh, and then you help them. And I think that's just the way you do it in anything we do. You know, so, you know, it's uh, it's ongoing and, uh, you know, it's just mm. my personal hobby. You know, I don't get paid for it. I don't uh, I get a lot of satisfaction out of it. I'll tell you that. But I've gotten people sure. to talk to me that because I'm an actor and they've seen some of my movies, they, they, they feel, well, I'm comfortable talking to this guy. And uh, 
So I'm very grateful about that. So I'm also super excited to come to Philadelphia because you get to talk to people, you know, because of COVID, you know, I just started doing these autograph shows recently, but because I can't do as much stand up or, you know, when you're filming movies, you know, I, I'll leave from Philadelphia at the end of this and fly to England to film a, film a movie of modern telling of Frankenstein. Oh, which wow. Is very exciting. And then I'll sign those pictures next year. But, uh, but I'm you sure know, Monster Mania will be all about that Frankenstein movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and you know what's great is people that come to these things, you know, a, a lot of them have a story to tell, you know, themselves. And, and uh, I enjoy I enjoy it. I enjoy talking to folks. We, we enjoy having you and other celebrities. I also, and, I also enjoy selling my autograph. <laughs> <laughs> and your photo op, right? <laughs> yeah, photo op. Because I have a 62-year-old single dad with four ex-wives. So uh, <laughs> I need to keep working for forever. Well, I, Absolutely. I, cons, you also deal with people like like crazy people or people that, um, you know, either like give you like a marriage proposal or like yeah, now you're kind of cuss you yeah, out or whatever. Yeah, short-term proposal uh, to, or maybe a Trump uh, supporter yeah. that gave you shit. Well, no, they there's, and I bless these women because I haven't had a date in three years. So people uh-huh. are like, well, listen, I'm at the hotel, and uh, which I think is really nice. And I get you get phone numbers and things, but also you at these <laughs> conventions you get a lot of people that are on the spectrum. And I certainly when I I was diagnosed on the spectrum when I was young, and. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a real it, you, you get an opportunity to talk to these people and then understand a little bit of how they see the world or how they see entertainment or how much these monsters and things mean to them. And it's uh, it's really uh, uh, interesting. And, and uh, I enjoy it. And so people go all out. There are some crazy people at these things, <laughs> <laughs> but they, but it's 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 great because the spirit, you know, these are real fans. These aren't, you know. You know, and people, you see people when you walk around, I do, when we go to the store and people are very kind, but these people made it, are making an effort to come and see people. And, right. and uh, those are, uh, you can't, you can't beat that. Yeah. And well, of course, a, all, a, okay, yeah. go Chachi. I was yeah. going to say, you have a long history in um, the horror genre. Like, wasn't one of your first movies you did actually um, Friday's Dead, The Final Nightmare? My first movie, period. Okay. Uh you know, Roseanne and I were huge fans of that series, and uh, the director called us and said, "You know, we're 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 going to have some cameos. We're going to have Johnny Depp. We're going to have whatever." And and yeah. we're like, "Oh, we're in. Whatever, <laughs> we'll do whatever." And they, uh, I, I think, a uh, childless man and childless woman were uh, <laughs> who we played, and we just had a really fun. I saw the clip on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we had a real, real real fun day doing that because we're super fans. And I'll tell you, my eight year old and five year old our fans like you know uh i let them watch you know uh a lot of variety of of things and, and you know especially with halloween coming up and you know they yeah. they they enjoy that and the art of of those types of movies and you know they're you know they get scared once in a while but i think it's it's really fun for them and their friends and they you know they uh i didn't when i was a kid <laughs> you know they didn't have the horror movies where they didn't have they didn't have these series that you know p- parents and kids could watch together and right you know, my whole thing when I was a kid was how how do I watch in a movie how close is a woman to being naked because I grew up, 
I grew up <laughs> all these movies, you know, you're like, wow, that is so you know, people love the monsters. Yeah, yeah. Robert, well, Robert England, a hell of a nice guy. We interviewed him on our show before, and he's yeah. definitely a mainstay at one at these um horror oh, cons. He's huge. I did yeah. one with him, uh, I think it was in, in uh, Phil or uh, Pennsylvania recently, and he's such a good guy, and he's so he's so different, but he takes his time with the fans, which I if you're yeah. gonna do this, don't do it if you're not gonna take your time with the fans and give them a uh, you know, give them a little experience. And, uh, you know, he's an interesting guy. <laughs> he's, a, he's a character. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So then you mentioned like the nudity in the films. I actually saw a clip of Body Bags, which is directed oh, yeah. by John Carpenter. You were the morgue worker and saw like the boobs uh, that were obstructing the, the, the cadaver from coming out. That was a very memorable <laughs> scene. How did you enjoy working on that? particular project and being directed by john carpenter who's a well icon i think i think did toby, did toby hooper direct it and john carpenter and i were actors i think john carpenter is the okay. big producer but it was very fun acting with john carpenter i have to tell you yes because you absolutely the yes. guy you know you could sit in, uh, in the two of you in a bar somewhere or come over to your house and he's yeah. funny he was so funny and i love that and i remember there's a a, a a director's audio of him and uh, uh, Kurt Russell, who I also love, uh, watching uh, uh, Escape from New York or something together and making comments that is so freaking funny because they're also laughing so hard at some some absurd <laughs> things. And they just, you know, to hear men, grown men laugh that hard is... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, I it was a uh, uh, it was a lot of fun for me, and, uh, and we had fun doing it. And uh, you know, it's funny that we're talking about it after all these years, but it but it was good. Awesome. Well, one of my funniest scenes that you were in was in Austin Powers, the infamous bathroom scene, and the who does number two work for? Uh, I know there are <laughs> rumblings about an Austin Powers four movie. Uh, have you heard anything about that? And would you like to reprise your role as the cowboy? Well, I, 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 the answer is yes, I would like to reprise my role. I had a very <laughs> one of those things where yeah. sometimes you work on a movie five months and nobody, nobody knows, nobody sees it, nobody. But Austin Powers, I worked a day and did a cameo, and, right. and Debbie Moore was one of the producers, and she called me and said, "Hey, Mike Myers, who I loved and know from SNL, and then personally too, he's he's written something at." Uh, we're we're getting a bunch of people to support him, you know. Uh, we think it's very funny, and there's a seed that I can only think of you in it, and I hadn't read it. And she, I go, I really want you to do this. Please read it and do it. And I read it, and it's the the scene in the crapper. I was thinking, is that what Demi Moore thinks of me? Is that I'm the only guy? And but we had a lot of fun. We got to ad lib and being a guy from Iowa, small town, you know, courtesy plus. Yeah. Uh, I I ad lib that. That's one of the first time. Everybody where I'm from knows what that is, but <laughs> you know, Mike Myers, a genius, he could do yes. it. It's up to him whether it's an Austin Powers uh, for completely because he can do whatever he wants. So, but I would be honored to to do that with him. Well, there is a reboot that is confirmed, and that's True Lies in a CBS reboot from James Cameron. Has anyone yep. contacted you to perhaps reprise your role for that? Oh, I don't want to. You know, they've been trying to do the uh, reboot for, for quite a while. You know, yeah. with James Cameron involved, it, it's going to be 
uh, excellent. And so yeah. I have not, you know, I, I see Jim, you know, Jim and I and uh, Arnold uh, have stayed friends and Jamie Lee Curtis, nice. which is a rare thing after True Lies. You know, I did True Lies and it was the most expensive movie ever made. So I'm so grateful that Jim Cameron put me in it. Like he, there was a risk there back in the day, you know, because yeah. people at the studio were not fans of mine. And, uh, uh -huh. and so he had to, for, he had to insist as, as Jim Cameron will do. And he was right. You know, I was the perfect guy for that, but you know, I Absolutely. watched it and I'm, I'm excited. I hope they, they happen. I know Arnold's doing something at, at Netflix that is similar. Mm -hmm. And yes. uh, he asked me to to uh, be involved with him, and yes. uh, you know, I'd be I I do uh, you know I'm sure that if that show the CBS show got up and running they would ask me to to I'm just guessing to do be a, a character or reoccur like I did on NCIS New Orleans yes. some kind of a different thing but I I'm, I I hope it's very successful. Is that going to be like a sequel series or is that going to be like a total like reboot of the original? Well, it looks like it's a total, uh, I don't know if you do total reboot. I mean, it's with the same structure, but younger people. Okay. Ah. I think that's, a, that's, a, that'll be fun. I know they've tried, they almost did one from the, the, uh, daughter's, uh, POV. And, uh, uh it looked like that was going to maybe happen. And, you know, there was a script for true lies too, the, the film and, and in that script, uh, uh, the submarine that we were in came up on shore at the base of the Twin Towers. And then 9-11 happened. And then, you know, Jim Cameron at the time said, I can't make terrorism funny. And so moved on. Yeah. His next thing and his next thing and his next thing. And, you know, he's doing Avatar. Right. So, so, yeah, but that was, uh, but they were certainly go trying to do that, you know, a bunch of years ago. And so, but I, but I get that people, you know, you know, I, it was a great experience. Uh, I had a lot of fun. It, it holds up, which a lot of movies don't. It definitely does. And best of all, we've all stayed friends. And so uh, that's a very cool thing. Well, I mean, if you could um, do a sequel to any one of your movies, um, if it's not um, True Lies, what would it be? Well, you know... Um, that's a really good question. You know, the stupids, I'll tell you about the stupids. People that like the stupids really like the stupids. <laughs> very, stylized, very stylized film. Very, yeah. you know, it's a way more interesting movie than when I was shooting it to me. You know, I watched it with my kids. And, and it's funny to watch your movies with your kids and to see them. You know, you don't sit around and watch your own movies, but that's a, certainly a good excuse as your kids get old enough to see them and and uh you know they love uh, carpool and big bully my daughter loves a movie that i just was not I, when i was filming it i was like oh what am i doing it's uh, a <laughs> fred three uh uh this guy this kid fred uh, you know his character and and we you know i was the the main counselor at camp i want a pee pee it is so dumb this movie <laughs> John Cena, but the whole time I'm going, you got to be too. I think it was Brian uh, Robbins who now runs uh, Warner Brothers. But I was like, you got to be shitting me. Are you got, are we really going to do this today? And uh, but to to see your kid watch that, and uh, you know, and to see her watch it at her mother's house was very satisfying because she would, you know, FaceTime the whole time, and I'm sure her mother was like, God. 
you know, I hate that guy. Why are you watching his movies? So uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's funny what kids will like. And, and, uh, and, you know, I hate to trash movies because, first of all, a hundred and some people worked on them. And to some people, that's the best thing they've ever done. So, you know, there are some I've done some bad movies. So <laughs> when you're doing a bad movie, you go, oh, we know this is bad. Uh, we're here. We got paid. And the right. I remember I did where the financier's girlfriend, who was a makeup artist, was the star. And it wasn't her fault. But <laughs> all these other actors that went, went down to Texas to film this, uh, we all knew. And we laughed so hard. We had so much fun making the movie because it was so stupid. And uh, <laughs> unintentionally, it was supposed to be like a thriller. And uh, and we went down there and <laughs> we were like, we're in this together, you know, uh, and that happens sometimes. So do your kids, do your kids think that you're a cool dad, that you're in like these TV and um, TV shows and movies or are the, the kid are you just like the kids are like, oh, dad, you're annoying. Like, well, they I think mean, I'm annoying. I'm terribly they annoying. But they, my daughter <laughs> especially does not like people talking to me when we go out. My son has uh, embraced it. You know, uh, because he he's eight, he's in second grade, and he could Google his own name and see, <laughs> oh, that's the son of Tom Arnold, and he's done oh, things cool. with him. But I I had this thing after their mother moved out years ago, mm -hmm. a few years ago. I um there was a moment because we hadn't watched uh, Tom Arnold movies in the Arnold mm -hmm. household for for whatever reasons or embraced what Dad did. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was a lot of hate. and But uh, when, when she moved out, we, we we watched a couple or we watched and I was explaining to the kids, this is what I do for a living. You know, I'm an actor. Awesome. That's why I and I, I had the best as a dad, the best moment you could have. I was taking the kids to school. They're in the back seat in the car seats. And I heard my son on his iPad say to a friend, Tom Arnold is my dad. You know, <laughs> and I had that because I, I have a thing in the car. And you just don't get a better moment than that, you know, as a dad, mm. where a kid is bragging that, you know, it, it uh, but my daughter, when she gets mad, she calls me Tom Arnold. <laughs> I love it. It's, all, it's <laughs> always daddy. But then when she's mad, she's like, oh, Tom Arnold. Thank you, Tom Arnold. <laughs> Do either of the kids have acting aspirations? Acting is a very hard job, you know, and, yeah. and actors, you know, the they work very hard and you got to be uh, in, in a lot of ways. I'd love I'd love it if they could learn, you know, to could experience that to see how, uh, uh, you know, it's very, uh, you know, regimented. You can't it's hard work and you want your kids to work hard at a job. And, yes. and they certainly love making little videos with me sometimes. Okay. And, uh, but if I ask them. Here's the video we're going to shoot. They'd be like, oh, absolutely not. But I do see them being creative with their TikTok accounts and making oh, videos. They're editing things and they're adding music. They don't want me to be involved in that. But that, but I do see the creativity. And making movies is, is a lot of things. Acting is a small part of it. But the people, the crew, the people that, you know, you want the kids to whatever they do, they need to embrace it. Like right now in the house, I put up a video last night. My son is the Christmas. He's the king of Christmas. And for mm. since about three years old, he's been in charge of Christmas. We're Jewish. That's why you got the star David up there. But yeah. 
Christmas in a big way. And I let him decide when Christmas season starts. I didn't want to put, we just moved to a new quiet neighborhood. I didn't want to put, put up Halloween. I thought, how do I get, uh, without all the blowups, because that's what we have, how do I get around to overdoing it for Halloween? Uh, and so my son said he'd like to start putting up his trees and his blowups. And in our front yard right now is Santa Claus and then the, the sleigh, all blow, you know. And he has 17 Christmas trees he's collected. There are pink trees, blue trees, you know, that little blue in there. Uh, he's got obviously a bunch of green ones, which we put outside mm -hmm. and decorate the house. Now, our house is not huge, but you can see in the video last night. And what 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 I like is after Christmas, when you take the trees down. There you go. Garage, it seems like our house is bigger. You know, well, it's, there's an old story about a farmer whose wife, they had kids and. And she said, we need a bigger house. And, and he couldn't afford it. So every day he would bring like a goat in the house or and then the next day he'd add a, a pig or whatever and fill the house up with animals. And then one day he took all the animals out of the house and his wife said, oh, my God, our house. It turns out our house is big enough. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> you know, we do. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, fantasy stuff to this stuff. My kids still believe in Santa Claus, which my daughter is like. My five-year-old daughter's not, but my son, my eight-year-old son is, boy, he's into it. And we got, uh, he, he collects elves and we sleeps with him sometimes. He's big elves, small elves, elf on his shelf. And uh, it's good because I use it. I'm like, what, you're, you're, you're misbehaving. And these elves are going to report to Santa. And, and then what's going to happen on Christmas? So oh. I still could work that on him a little bit. You know, that he's like. You think Santa? You think Santa's really bad? I go, no, not if you stop right now. <laughs> well, Tom, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of Christmas, you actually had two, a uh, couple Christmas movies coming out this this holiday season. I'm reading Christmas Witch and High Holiday. Yes, Christmas. Yes. Uh, what was the first one called? Christmas. Christmas Witch. We have High Holiday. Uh, Christmas yeah, Witch is a yeah, sequel no, of Christmas and, Thieves. Uh, Christmas Thieves. I have yes. three. Three. I three. With Mike, uh, 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 Michael Madsen, and I. Yes. And you're Jewish, so I think it's hysterical. Oh, you're doing all these Christmas all movies. Christmas movies, people love those. Yes. I love those. You know, you I love them too. Yeah, channel. me too. You know how it's going to end. It's going to end well. Uh, <laughs> I, but don't ruin it. A lot of fun with uh, with those movies. And High Holidays is Cloris Leachman's last movie. Jennifer oh, Tilly. Yes. Wow, cool. She's a big boss. Oh my boss goodness, person. that's right. And it's funny. It's not rated G. <laughs> it's called High Holiday. High Holiday. I know what that is. It's what was it like working with Cloris Leachman? Because like you mentioned, that's her last movie. Sadly, she had passed away shortly after that. What yeah. was it like working with Cloris? It was, uh, you know, she's from Iowa, like I am. And uh, people from Iowa know each other. Um, yeah. It was an honor. It really was an honor. And, you know, she... Uh, you know, it, we this this movie we were shooting was an independent movie, so lots of moving parts. Shoot this, shoot this, shoot out of order. Mm -hmm. run, stop, go set up this shot. We were filming mm -hmm. in this big house. And, you know, sometimes the crew and the, the director want to move on to the next. Again, they don't, uh, they aren't as cautious as they. So I, I was her bodyguard. And also, you know, as somebody that's 93, you know, you do have some, I have trouble remembering my lines. And uh, and I could tell that it was scaring her a little bit with her, but I I was there with her and I was her guy and I look her in the eye and I and also make sure she got to do her stuff, you know, because she's a, a great ad libber, 
And uh, uh, I'm going to tell you boys this story. Uh, her daughter, who's very attractive, was her was her minder. And uh, again, I haven't had a date in many years, but so yeah, put the feelers out. Her daughter, who's wonderful, came up and and, uh, and said, uh, "Thank you so much for for taking care of my mom, and and, uh, and you're just so great." And then we hug. And then when I hugged her, I asked, I, 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 I went, oh, I accidentally touched her uh, butt, and, and uh, oh. she didn't have underwear on. And I said, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean that. And she's like, no, it's fine. And this is a terrible guy moment. But her mom was sleeping on the bed because I was in their bedroom, which was a dressing room. And <laughs> I thought, would it be possible to move her mom over or put a coat over her so that we could, you know, have my mind. <laughs> going <laughs> i went from being the nicest guy to a guy that's actually trying to figure out how to move mom over so we could be on the bed together very quickly wow and that's, <laughs> but that's to me that's how that's funny we we obviously we did but, but <laughs> my mind. so i'm not the best you know i i i'm, I'm a good guy but i'm also i also was thinking about plan b there very quickly which is crazy but Clearly, yeah. With with everything going on with the Me Too movement, do you feel like sometimes actors have to walk on eggshells nowadays? Well, you can't be a monster anymore, you know. Real, like uh, there's a lot of terrible, uh, terrible people who've done terrible things, and a lot of it's bullying too, which you you know work out sets with screaming directors or threatening directors. I think that that we that you watch out for each other uh you know it's never been i've never seen it be a problem you know people like james cameron really respect women and really respect the women characters and just actors in general um i think that that there are things that have happened i know elijah dushku she was a kid when we filmed true lies mm-hmm. she was a funny mouthy 12 year old kid i i really enjoyed her and i enjoy her now but she had you know that's back when you know, she the, the the stunt coordinator wanted a lot of private time with her, mm-hmm. and, and it wasn't okay. And I think that now we go, oh, that's that's not right. That's that's uh, something's up. And it wouldn't take Absolutely. her years to talk about it. Oh, and wow. so we are we do look out for each other. We don't let uh, uh, people bully uh, uh, other actors, other actresses. Um, and I think people are way more are, are much more thoughtful because it's just that small percentage, but powerful percentage of people that were just getting away with that again and again and again. And, uh, you know, times have changed and stories that may mm-hmm. have been, you know, my story, I just told this, you know, but that it, I, I don't necessarily consider that a power thing. I consider it more of a pathetic Tom Arnold thing, but yet I do want to <laughs> catch up with their, with Gloria's daughter because we had a little spark. Yes, uh, I think that it, you know when you're in a power position, when you're mm-hmm. a director, when you're uh, the star, when you're the studio boss, you know it, that's when it's not okay. And and I I find that everybody works so hard. You know you'll have on set romances between actors sometimes, sure. which I uh, which is you know I've done before. And uh, but I think. <laughs> You've met a few wives from that. <laughs> yeah, no. We're figuring out. I wish Cameron would but let me go to the, the set the day Jamie filmed her strip tease. Jamie Lee Curtis is, is a baller. There's no, she is awesome. She does all her own stunts. 
Yeah. She does, you know, Arnold and I are like, yeah, I'm not sure I want to get on a horse or whatever. Yeah. But she's a killer, and she's the best woman ever. And the crew loves her more than they love Arnold, more than they love, because she's what, you know, she mixes it up with the crew, and she's just great. But I think that, that you know, Me Too, the Me Too movement has been very important. And, and let's not forget what it was about, you know, I right. think people. And, uh, and people are, are uh, you know, it's different. It's a different world now, as it should be. And as far as being worried about it, I think number one, you don't do those things. And uh, you know, I never have. I've never, you know, uh, and knock on wood. Uh, what all of us? You know, it helps if you're not a monster. <laughs> then you're yeah. Being called out for being a monster, and so you know, people still, you know, I again, I I grew up when I three years out of high school. Uh, for three years, I worked on the kill floor of a meatpacking plant, and and there were men there, and there were women there, and the women were just way more skilled with their knives, to be honest. And and and, and there was had you couldn't joke, you couldn't make a joke because the people that ran the Hormel meatpacking plant knew those women are the best workers we have. No one's going to even disrespect them, and they were also they were also tough and. And, you know, we had we had, had a knife, too. But if you're interfering with someone's uh, right to earn yeah. a living, which happens a lot, like uh, back in the day where they're like, if you don't sleep with this guy, you don't get this. And, you know, it's happened to, you know, Sharon Stone is a very good friend of mine. And if you read her book, you know, she she goes into the stuff that she has dealt with. And Sharon's funny because she's not like, I'm going to call out the names of the people that did this. She will call those guy, men. And say, I want to talk to you face to face because I want to know what was going on with you at that time or whatever. And they're scared shitless of her because she doesn't go, I'm going to call it out to the press and make it. Right. She's like, I'm going to come over to your house because I need to understand what you were thinking at that time. And uh, I uh, much loved it, Sharon Stone. She's amazing. That's interesting because she's recently uh, been brought back in the news about questioning the legitimacy of the interrogation scene the crossing of the legs whether it, oh, yeah. she was aware of that situation or not do you well, know anything I about liked, that yeah i liked it that's all i think, <laughs> <laughs> you know, i think that she's a very powerful voice and, uh yeah. you know um you know things happen on, on uh sets like that and I, I think it's good to have those discussions you know i i don't think that was I'm guessing that was not the worst thing that happened to her. Trust me. Yeah. People are, 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 and, and were very shitty. And so I, whatever she wants to, to talk about, I mean, again, I, uh, you know, I, I, per, as a fan, I love that scene. And so, but what right. her experience is, is different than my, and there's been a lot of discussions about this and that, but I'll tell you what, it was a game. It was a, it, it, people, talked about it a lot and i'd like to believe that that she knew exactly what was going on and but i doubt it yeah you yeah. doubt it interesting and we'd be remiss if we didn't ask your current relationship with roseanne and yeah. and what your thoughts are she was a victim of the cancer cancel culture yeah. um due to her tweet and ended up what? losing her show her roseanne sequel series well um, I, your uh, thoughts? you know i I've, I've seen her once in the last uh uh, third, uh, 27 years, maybe. And that mm -hmm. was at her roast that I did. 
I showed up and did. At, at I remember that one, yeah. It was a great experience and it was nerve wracking and and we had a, a moment backstage and then I was like, I'm going to get the hell out of here before something goes sideways. I'm going to take this, you know, people think, you know, I, I, I don't spend time with any of my ex-wives unless I, you know, have to, have to. Right. Uh, <laughs> and that's always bad, I have to say. But, you know, you got to love your kids more than you hate your ex. That's just all there. That's just easy for me. So, right. uh, but, but Roseanne, no, I have it. And, and, you know, it's funny because I came out with my Trump show at the same time that she, they did the reboot of Roseanne. And, yes. you know, I was like, wow, she is, a, you know, cause she, I met her and she was very liberal, more liberal than me. Like I never, wow. met her. I met her when I was 23 and uh, and she was uh, thirty, and we we both just started doing comedy in yeah. the Midwest, and and she was so funny, and but I never met a woman like that, and she'd also because I just moved from Iowa to Minneapolis to do comedy, I'd, I'd left the University of Iowa, moved up there, and she also never met a guy from a meatpacking plant that would literally that would have her back, like that mm-hmm. would that would be her really have her back. Like she wasn't used to guys like that, that are like all in on. And so, you know, I learned a lot about stuff, but feminism, but what, what that experience is like, whatever from her. So it was shocking to, and she don't, she's known Trump as long as I have. And so for her to go, Oh yeah, Trump is the guy, you know, a lot of things have happened. And wow. things happened. You know, she's been very honest about her, Mental illness. I know she certainly was experiencing some of that stuff uh, when we were together. And, you know, she'd supported me uh, uh, to get to sobriety, which saved my life. And so I supported her as best I could. You know, she's written about it, but she had 27 different personalities. And and as I say, only two of them liked me, which is true. (laughs) A lot of stuff. I think that caught up in the... uh, this QAnon stuff, and you know, yeah. you can see it coming. It wasn't one tweet, you know. I mean, before the show started, and this is on ABC, uh, you know, she'd written a letter to every member of Congress saying John McCain was a was a, uh, a, a you know a war criminal because he he uh, you know surrendered to the and given up secrets. Just a crazy. And by the way, John yeah. McCain. I don't care what your politics are. This guy lived for five and a half years in a three-foot box right. but he was a uh, a prisoner of war, prisoner of war. whether you're donald trump say it, it, insulting him or roseanne barr you know it's not okay it's not okay and it shows how things have changed i think a little bit in this country a lot but but she uh, you know i was communicating with my my former step daughter as it was about to happen and she kept you know i would have here's what i would have done I would have taken her phone away from her through the river. She would not have had access to Wi-Fi because I would have said, this is something even in the early days of the show where she's like, I'm not going to work. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But I knew I got to get her there and we've got to figure this out because if I hadn't, she would be so sad that her show, that she'd allow that instinct in her to take down this this thing that was really her 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 art. And so, you know, sometimes when you're the husband and wife, you're like, you have to kind of prod somebody um, mm-hmm. out of love or whatever. But I knew I had to get her there because if it if it all came crumbling down, it, sh- it would devastate her. That would be worse. So, 
you know, I played, well, you know, you do good, good cop, bad cop. And, uh, you know, she, she certainly was right about most of the issues she had with people on the show. For instance, she didn't get created by credit on the Roseanne show, which is madness. So really? once that happened and another guy got credit for her life and her show, it was all bets off with everything. But but uh, she was tweeting, you know, uh, and, and I'd actually sent over a picture of uh, <clears throat> some information about uh, a, uh, a phone that went to another server before the tweets went up to the to up the uh, servers, the yeah. You know, and I said to her daughter, tell her that Donald Trump doesn't do his own tweets, that he has a guy that he'll dictate them to a guy. There's a lot of ways to, you know, to do this. And uh, I thought, and uh, but I could see it coming, and and that and the the racist tweet was straight up racist, and uh, but the tweets before that, and another thing is just true, she, they did the the season one very big success, you know, I actually right. review of the of the first episode in the Hollywood Reporter, which I liked it. It had some similarities. It wasn't as good as the original, but but I liked it a lot. And the Sunday night she did that tweet. Uh, the next Tuesday, two days later, the writers were coming back for season two. And that was a big moment because Roseanne had told the Trump people, I'm going to make it more about Trump. I'm going to make it more. And, but she told other people and, and the show decided we're not going to make it as political. So she was caught in that situation where she was going to disappoint somebody and she decided to just blow it all up. And uh, and, you know, you got to remember, too, the Roseanne show, the first run of it, you know, John Goodman did not. He was dead for the last year. He wasn't there. Right. Yeah. Right. Issues. Then suddenly it was a dream or whatever it was. Uh, so and the show had run its course the first time it had, you know, the six years I worked on it were excellent, of course. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> of course. You know, but one of the, the 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 arguments we had was she wanted to win the lottery. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> this plays the lottery. They don't win the lottery. And then right. well, they lose the ticket. <laughs> they won the yeah. lottery and it was weird. But I, I felt bad, bad for her. But you had to do that. This world, you cannot uh, compare black people to monkeys. And she knew exactly why she's doing it. You know, I was a, I had access to her Internet stuff. And, and there are these QAnon people and literal Nazis were uh, cheering her on and and, and the people she looked up to were 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 just bad people. And so, you know, it had to it had to happen. And it was a brave move by ABC and Bob Iger, uh, who yeah. I've known since Roseanne started to to shut it down. And, uh, you know, there it goes. That that's yeah. that's a, you got to draw a line in the sand with. What do, you, um, do you think that she deserves a second chance now in Hollywood after I, these? Uh, everybody. Years? Everybody. Yeah, of course. Uh, but I think that she's just continued. I think from what I've seen, she's continued to to propagate the the uh, uh, the, the Trump stuff without uh, just and, and, you know, a lot of this QAnon conspiracy bullshit. And, um, you know, I think people would set would have her back in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. You know, to me, the the best thing would be to for her to come around to some sort of moderate uh, thing, moderation. And uh, she can blame me like she did last time and <laughs> for her bad behavior. And, and I think people would 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 love it. And, 
you know, it 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 certainly cost her a lot of money. She got a lot of money, though. I'm going to tell you something. She got a lot of money, but you know, um, it, it, is that really what she wants? Does she really want to do that? I don't think so. No, I think people, no. She's happy uh, doing what she's doing, and, and more power to her. Right. Well, wow, Tom, this is a tremendous hey. interview. I, yeah, I know you got you. a lot going on. You got your movie shoot coming up next week, and of course, next weekend. Friday, Saturday, and right. Sunday, the 22nd to the 24th, you're going to be at Monster Mania in Oaks, PA, Christina Ricci, the Cobra Kai people, uh, and of course, a couple of um, actors from Sons of Anarchy, yeah. Mark Boone Jr., uh, and um, and Kim Coates, yeah, um, and you did... Those yes. bastards murdered me. They shot me <laughs> three times and put me in a trunk, and so... Yeah. <laughs> And Kim Coates was also in Carpool, where he played the cop. Kim, they're both great. I was in another movie called uh, Animal Factory with Mark, which was yes. I played a prison rapist. It was a very serious movie that wow. Steve Buscemi directed. Uh, and and uh, uh, but but you know it was a great it was great fun to be, and it'll be great fun to see those guys. I yes. love those guys, and so this will be a great co uh, convention. I'll be there, and I can't wait to meet people. Thank you for doing this. Thank you, out. Tom. Thanks for being, being and, here. Uh, this is great. Chachi, this is huge Chachi, for us. Wait a minute. Chachi McFly. I see yeah. that name on here. Is that... Uh, I can do a whole thing on Chachi, too. <laughs> <laughs> he's, the, he's the king of the 80s. So right, it's, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That's it's an amalgamation anyway. of Chachi from Charles in Charge and, and what, yeah. Marty McFly from... Yeah, Marty McFly, yeah. Who the actor Scott Bayo has become. He's a great... Oh, he's he's something I, else. Uh, I, uh, you know, Marty McFly, that's a great name. Stick yeah. with that. <laughs> your stripper name. Okay, yeah, yeah. Chachi McFly. It's kind of sexy. McFly, get it? But it's also the... <laughs> All right, guys, I appreciate you guys. Yeah. Real quick, Tom, before you go, let us know who you are. A plug for Monster Mania, and then let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. Hi, it's Tom Arnold. I'm on Below the Belt Show. Is it the Below the Belt Show or just Below the Belt Show? Below it's... the Belt Show is perfect. Okay. Hi, I'm Tom Arnold. I'm on Below the Belt Show, which is number one. Number two, I'm coming to Monster Mania this next weekend, the 22nd through 24th, to sign things and meet people and take pictures and have fun. It's time we got out and about, everybody. We're having fun. And uh, the it's going to be great, even though my fourth ex-wife is from Philadelphia. It's still, I'm still coming. I'm still coming. So come out and see me. That's great. I love it. That's great. That's great. I love it. Real quick, let's do a photo walk. Count of three. All right. Yep. One, two, three. Awesome. That was awesome. Tom. Thank you, boys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next weekend. Yeah, Bob, I'll see you there. We're going to stop great. by. Okay, right, take care, on. Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying. Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.